I think every single person in this locker room is a competitor at the highest level. So, yeah, when you feel as if your back's against the wall, you never have to feel like you got to do it by yourself. Under pressure, sacked by Quentin Williams. Got it. You look to your left and your right, you got guys out there with you that, that our whole point is to help each other. This one the Mims. That's Corey Davis climbing the ladder. To be able to go out and, and lead these guys, just to know how hard these guys work and how important it is to them, and then you get that chance to, to lead them. Everything that happened that needed to happen for us, it almost felt like kind of like a sign, like, Get like a second chance almost. Gets extra pushes, running left. Maybe a little extra life breathing the block. Touchdown chance. Welcome to the cockpit. My name's Ryan and I'll be your pilot tonight. I am oh so excited to talk to you boys and girls out there in Jetland. We're going to go over the Senior Bowl, some of the trending topics as far as Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers, the rumors surrounding them. In about 15 minutes' time, I'm going to have Dom C. joining me. You guys know Dom C. if you've been around the channel a little bit. He was with Green Bean down in Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl, so we're going to get his insight on everything. Dude's got a really good eye for talent, so always fun to have him aboard the cockpit. But we're going to do this the same way we do it every week. I'm going to talk to you guys for the first 15, I guess 15 minutes or so, and then Dom C will hop in around uh, 8.30, maybe 9 o'clock. We'll start doing some phone call questions, so Dom and I will both be on the line. You can kind of bounce some questions off both of us, see if there's any questions you guys might want to ask Dom. I think that would be a lot of fun to have. I see you guys in the chat. I see Tigo's in there, One-Eyed Willie, Sneakers to Boots, 1969 NY Jets, uh, Harlan, Thomas, Joe S., Mitflair, Bill D, Radovan, Squirmy Weasel, Ant Jets, Jets Forever Son. Love it, boys and girls. Thank you guys for hopping in. We got a lot to talk about because I have been watching a little bit of the Pro Bowl interviews, a little bit of stuff going on. Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers, you're seeing some of the comments. Aaron Rodgers saying, oh, definitely not going to San Francisco. I wonder how much he kind of played into the whole, I'm in Vegas for the Pro Bowl, let's have some fun. Because that's what it kind of felt like. And you had Devontae Adams saying, oh, he found a house in my neighborhood. Or where is he looking for a home? In my neighborhood. Oh, he's going to Oakland. Or he's going to going to Vegas now. I don't know. I'm not so sure. I can 100% believe they are the number one competitor for Aaron Rodgers. I would say Tennessee is probably the other team. I would think us, Tennessee, and Vegas are the three we're going to be looking at. And when I look at everyone, I think of the Titans, you know, they probably run a similar offense to like the Shanahan, LaFleur sort of style with um, their new OC. And then you got to look at at Vegas because it's an entirely different terminology from what Rodgers has dealt with his entire career. Does he want to do that and have the the budding personality of, of Josh McDaniels who does not seem like a very easy dude to get along with? Maybe. I don't know. I, the whole thing with, with Rodgers going to Vegas, they have the money. Like, their cap situation is very similar 
to our cap similar uh, situation, if they want to try and get a quarterback and groom them, similar to the way we have Zach, they could still do that. They don't necessarily have to get the guy in the first round. They own the seventh pick, so they do have a better trade package than the Jets can put together because every one of their picks is slightly better than the Jets. And I don't even know if uh, if it's going to matter that we have the lafleur Salah connection. I don't know if it matters if Rodgers wants to play in New York more than he wants to play in Vegas. If he's willing to play for either team and Vegas gives up more, he's going to Vegas. So what do the Jets do? I have a poll question in the chat, and it looks like it's pretty dead even through nearly 100 votes. Which would you prefer? All in on David or on Derek Carr right now. All in on Derek Carr or wait and go all in on Rodgers. I'm curious to see where the fan base falls on this because I can completely understand both sides of this uh, coin here. With Derek Carr, there is a very sizable portion of of people that are fans of the NFL that feel like Derek Carr is not the guy that's going to be able to win you a Super Bowl. They feel like when you add him to a team in the AFC, is he going to be able to contend with Burrow, Mahomes, Allen, Lamar Jackson, Herbert, all those guys? And I think that's a fair concern given the, the maybe lack of success that he's had in the AFC so far. If he goes to the NFC, NFC South's looking pretty nice. You might be able to coast uh, all the way to the playoffs as a division favorite if you bring in Derek Carr over there. I think that could be very attractive. As far as Aaron Rodgers goes, this is the guy that's going to give you the opportunity to potentially win a Super Bowl over the course of these next two years. It also allows you the opportunity to have Zach Wilson sit behind his idol. It also is the best potential outcome for a GM and head coach that are on the hot seat. We have his best buddy in Nathaniel Hackett. I don't know. I hope he wants to come here. I think there's a lot of fun to be had in New York because I think we have a lot of personalities and I think the the NFL is going to push for the Jets to be on hard knocks. And I think Rodgers would absolutely lap up the opportunity to be all in on Rodgers. But let's play this whole game of Aaron Rodgers goes to, to Vegas. Okay. Obviously, I think a lot of us at that point would probably prefer to pivot to Derek Carr. Some maybe want a cheaper option because they don't see him as a, as a viable Super Bowl guy, whatever. Um, I would like to pivot to Derek Carr. I don't know if that's going to be the move we make. And Rich Samini said something earlier today that there's people that kind of don't necessarily see Derek Carr as a fit. And I, I want to disagree <laughs> a lot um, because I love the fire that this guy brings. And I feel like you should be able to mold an offense around whoever your talent is anyway. Um I just I really like Derek Carr. I just I understand the the aspect of going for Rodgers. So, let's say Carr goes to the NFC South. Let's say Rodgers goes to Vegas. The only reason I say maybe Derek Carr wants to try and choose the Titans or the Jets is because we play Vegas. Both those teams play Vegas next year. I think he's going to want to crack at that kind of go back at your former team the other side of things Aaron Rodgers people saying uh, you know Aaron Rodgers the way his contract works because of uh, the way his bonus is paid out generally what happens when you have to 
factor in sale or uh, income tax into your state, you are paying tax based on your game checks for where that game is played. So if you play a game in New York, if you're Miami, you're still getting taxed New York tax rates. When you play a game in Miami, you're getting income tax rates for Florida's tax rates. Now, the issue with Aaron Rodgers that I found out today is that his cap hit and his bonus is structured to all hit at once. He's gonna get paid in one lump sum, meaning if he gets that lump sum in Las Vegas versus that lump sum in New Jersey, there is an $11 million difference. That is bananas. That is absolutely crazy that you have to have that much difference. You almost have to overpay by $11 million to get Aaron Rodgers because of that difference. Now, the the benefit to having, or I shouldn't say the benefit, but the, the idea that you could possibly do is say, hey, Aaron, we're going to structure it and we're going to put you all, all your money. You're going to get that bonus, but it's going to happen when we play the Raiders in Vegas, right? See, income's tax in the state that you, that you play, right? I think it makes sense. Ah, I got my good buddy Dom C joining us right now. Let me hop over to there, boys and girls, the one only Dom C. How you doing, brother? Hey, Ryan. What's happening, bud? What's I'm happening, hanging chat? in there. Oh, good, man. Good. <laughs> Did you just get back uh, today? I know you were down in Mobile with with Green Bean. Uh, I got back actually um, late Friday night, so I didn't stay for the game. We had I had a family uh, function mm. that I had to attend to, so the plan was the whole time to unfortunately miss the game. So I got back. I'm settled. Everything came back. My luggage got back. You know, unlike the trip down there, which was a little chaotic. <laughs> missed, you know, canceled flight. <laughs> took a car from Atlanta to Mobile. Um, did the whole thing. So. Everything's back. Awesome time, though. Completely, oh, I'm glad completely I'm worth glad. worth the trip, man. Yeah, I was going to say that the practices are probably more important than the game itself anyway, if I'm being completely honest. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's tons of guys that practice that had themselves, you know, a uh, hell, hell of a week of practice, and then they just, you know, graciously bow out. You know, Dewan Jones was one of them. He'd, he mm-hmm. had a great Tuesday and didn't even practice the rest of the week. You know, Jermaine Johnson did the same thing last year, just killed mm-hmm. it so much. The only thing you could do is hurt your stock. So, you know, they uh, yeah. graciously bow out. Yeah. Yeah. And Jones wound up coming in at, what was he, like six foot eight, 375, and had the record for the longest wingspan in yeah, Super yeah, Bowl the, history. The wings, I, mean, I mean, he's just a, he's just a large man, just a mm-hmm. large man. I don't know if it was 375, but it was close. Um, he, but he was like, he made, he was standing next to Isaiah Foskey, the, the edge from mm-hmm. Notre Dame at one point. And I tell you, Isaiah Foskey looked like a midget next to this guy. I mean, it was just like two two of him wide and probably like his Foskey's helmet ended where like um, Dewan Jones' shoulder pad started. It was crazy. It was just like that's, you're, you're literally looking at a man amongst boys. That's absolutely that's what, wild. It's kind of like how Daniel Falele looked last year. Exactly. That, that, exactly. that same monster of a human. Now, would you be okay taking that player – Given the the issues that we've had with our big boy and Mackay Becton, so um, if we're talking about a, a player, a, a general player of that size, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I mean, it probably wouldn't be something that um, I'm pining for. Um, mm. If we're talking about this player in particular, uh, I mean, there's you know there's pros and cons. You know, as you delve down into you know the, the tape of his game film, so on and so forth. So, I, I, like I said, I think he's, uh, you know, he, he's going to be a dominant force. He's got a, he's got a really high ceiling. However, um, there's definitely some things that you see 
Um, you didn't see it in, Mo- in Mobile. He just dominated everyone. I mean, he literally ragdolled guys left and right. But um, there's some stuff that you see in regards to his footwork that that kind of makes you question if he's going to be one that um, can really handle um, the pass rush, play in and play out at the next level. That's that that would be my concern about him. You know, but if you put him somewhere in a in a power scheme where he can, you know, duo or down block on the guy and blow him off the water and and you know run heavy fits, I would uh, mm-hmm. I would sign up all day for that guy. What I'll plan to do is every time Dom and I are starting to talk about a prospect, I'll throw up their their uh, little player profile right here, so that way we can take a look at it, kind of break it down and whatnot. Uh, we got Buffalo Jet fan in the chat. He says. Dom C, what's up, dude? What's up, Buffalo? How are you, man? I was, uh, I was. He was gracious enough to have me on yesterday, and uh, we did a uh, a nice little breakdown of some of the mobile guys as well. Nice, yeah, yeah Buffalo Jeff fan. That that character is, he's all right. I like that guy over there. Yeah, he's good, dude. <laughs> good uh, dude. Radovan drops in. Radovan says, "Do you feel like Carr?" Oh, let me let me switch over to our two way again. All right. Uh, do you feel like Carr will have way more suitors as a free agent? Also feels like New York is perhaps less desirable for taxes, politics, raising kids. Um, I wouldn't say it's less desirable. I would say it's actually um, pretty desirable from a raising kids standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. As far as taxes, that's always going to be the knock for us. It's We're, mm-hmm. we're just going to have to deal with it. The issue with – it's it's weird. It's almost more of an issue with Rodgers because of the way his contract is paid out. As opposed to Carr, which, you know, in theory, you would pay it out based on where the games are played. Um, yeah, I don't know. Do you, do you think there's going to be an issue with, with Derek Carr? Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm so, like, uh, so on the fence. I, I almost don't want to mm-hmm. even think about the quarterback issue. I just wish it was resolved. I wish Zach mm-hmm. was the guy, for Christ's sakes. You know, we wouldn't have to worry about this. But um, I, I don't know if any of those things, uh, you know, that, that rather than put up there um, mm-hmm. are necessarily huge concerns in regards to taxes, politics, raising kids. I mean, New Jersey mm-hmm. is, his, you know, historically, you know, one of the best states – you know, one of the best educational systems. You got to remember, he's not in Manhattan, probably not going to live in Manhattan, probably going to live somewhere in the suburbs in New Jersey, you know, Mountain Lakes or, or Summit or, you know, one of these ritzy ditzy towns where everything's all fine and dandy. So mm-hmm. I don't think that has to play with it. I mean, the taxes are always a real thing when you're talking about big money. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, you know, it, it really depends on, I, I guess, where these guys want to go, you know, because if Carl, if, if Carl gets released, you know, he's he's going to be open game and, you know, uh, you know, there's a lot of suitors. New, New Orleans is going to New Orleans is going to be hot and heavy for him. I mean, I don't know if Washington is going to be in the car market. You know, Carolina is going to be definitely be, you know, a player if they don't draft a quarterback. I mean, it, it's just such a fine line on, you know, if you make a move for car now or, or kind of mm-hmm. roll the dice and wait for something to pan out with Rodgers, if it pans out with Rodgers. Yeah, I don't know if you were listening. I actually have the the poll question up in the chat. Would you prefer to go after Carr right now, or would you prefer to wait and go after Rodgers? I want to hear your thoughts on this because I, I I know where my head kind of lies. So, uh, my I have two two trains of thoughts. You know, I, I think where my heart and my head. You know, my heart wants to wait for Rodgers because I just think it's the better piece, the better fit. Um, coming into the scheme, he's. I, I think he's just a better quarterback. I, and again, mm-hmm. that's no disrespect to Derek Carr. I think both of them are good. I think the the ceiling of where we could end up as a team, the potential of really 
being that true, you know, long-term playoff, you know, Super Bowl contender mm-hmm. is better with Rodgers. Um, that's my heart. I want Aaron Rodgers. My head says we should probably don't miss out on the boat because you just never know with Aaron Rodgers. And I hate to, you know, I hate to think that way, you know, because mm-hmm. you're kind of settling for something, you know, it's like, it's like settling for like, you know, uh, a, a bit of honey candy when there's a nice Snickers right, right down the road that you just can't <laughs> get to, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I mean, it's true. It's I, I don't want to wait for Rodgers because of, you know, I, I, almost like the same thing that happened with, with Denver last year, they kind of got, their backs against the wall and they're like, okay, let's throw everything at Russell Wilson. Or mm-hmm. like, you know, you, you wind up with with no options at that point. Because, I mean, what happens if Carr winds up getting signed elsewhere, Jimmy G goes elsewhere, now Car- uh, Roger's like, well, I'm going to hang it up. Or I, I feel like staying in, in uh, Green, Green Bay. Bay. I mean, the, the other potential option is you could trade for Rodgers and not know <laughs> what he's doing uh, and just assume that he's getting $110 million over two years, and yeah. that's the leverage of him not retiring. Because he, his career, he's earned $300 million so far before the season. So 18 years, $300 million. He's going to make 110 in two. Like, he's going to be playing. There's no way someone leaves 25% of their career earnings on the table for two years at the most protected position in all professional yeah. sports. Yeah, for sure. I, I think wholeheartedly, I really think that the, the odds of him – retiring or very slim you know mm-hmm. um but i do think that the odds of him uh just choosing you know going through this hoopla again and mm-hmm. ultimately choosing to come back and stay in green bay i think that's you know a bigger option than him retiring now you know the thing is is that the money you know the salary mm-hmm. cap ramifications on green bay if they trade him you know um you know we talked about a lot of people have been talking about the you know, post June first designation doesn't really apply towards a trade. So, uh, Green Bay is going. It's a difference if Green Bay trades him tomorrow, and Green mm-hmm. Bay trades him on June second. It's a difference in thirty six million dollars in dead cap money. Mm-hmm. You know, so you're going to have to really, and, and nothing is binding either. So you can make that trade. You can make. You can come to an agreement, and then on May thirty first, you know, Aaron Rodgers can say, "Ah, never mind." I'm. You know, his agent can say, "Never mind." He's not interested, and and it all mm-hmm. goes to naught. You know, and then you're left hanging in the wind. So um, I think you're going to have to give Green Bay. The, Joe Douglas is going to know at some point well before mm-hmm. June 1st if this is feasible, if there's something that's going to happen. I mean, Joe Douglas is going to know that. Um, Aaron Rodgers' agent is going to know that. They're going to know before June 1st happens. Um, so you can make a trade. You can kind of force Green Bay's hand to do make the trade now. Give him a godfather deal. Give him the two first rounds. If if that's really, really what you want, you want mm-hmm. him. And Green Bay takes the hit for one year, eats the, you know, whatever it is, 40-something million in dead cap money and, and starts their, you know, quasi-rebuild. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to take a godfather offer to get him traded before June 1st. That's just my gut feeling. So I, someone was telling me the other day that you can designate up to two uh, players Correct. June first option. So I guess it's it doesn't necessarily you can only a cut. It's you can I, you can de- each team you can designate a player. Uh, you can designate two players per year as mm-hmm. post June first releases, but it does not apply to trades. Doesn't apply to trades. Okay, does not so I got some bad trades. information then because I knew it. I knew. Like the cuts, it made sense. Yes. Um, interesting. So my thinking is just like yours. We are going to know about Aaron Rodgers beforehand, and Green Bay's going to want a first-round pick in this year's draft. 
that's why I think we're going to know beforehand. I mean, if he wants to wait till after and we can get our tackle at 13 and we're like, okay, cool. We're giving up our 2020, uh, you know, four first round pick and a conditional 2025. I mean, okay, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. 2025, I almost don't want to give that up because if, although I guess 2025, it would be after the 2024 season, not because of the 2025 campaign. Correct. Um, because you want to hold on to that pick because that's the one that like, you're going to bottom out <laughs> if you get Rodgers. You're going to have a $60 million dead cap hit. Just just, just bottom out that season, and then you know, you're set for the rest yeah. of it. Yeah, um, so but yeah, the, the, the financial ramifications mm. are kind of interesting. So, mm. you know, if you want to, you know, we no one wants to give rid of their first round pick. No one wants to trade 13 this year, you know. Mm. I will if it gets Aaron Rodgers in the door. I will, but um, just say Aaron Rodgers is not a, a – you know, just hypothetical. He's not an he's not an issue. We signed Derek Carr. We signed Jimmy G. We signed whoever. We you know, uh, we signed mm-hmm. Green Bean to play quarterback. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, th- I think there's still a, a real possibility if that quarterback that we're bringing in, you know, mm-hmm. has a has an ample or a, a decent sized salary that we're still going to be tight up against the cap. So I wouldn't, it wouldn't, like, I wouldn't put it by Joe Douglas. Um, no matter what quarterback we bring in, if he and we and if we're holding 13 to trade down or even trade out of the first round, you're gonna have to cut people to fit these quarterback contracts in, you know, and then you're gonna have holes that you have to fill on the back end. So, why not do them at a cheaper rate? You know, fill the holes, maybe trade down, ac- accumulate a couple more picks, you know, in the mid rounds, so on and so forth, fill some of those holes, and you're not, you know, you're not, you're not breaking the cap all that well, you know, you're not breaking the, the seam on the salary cap, so. Yeah, I would I wouldn't mind trading down from number 13. And I think that's kind of where I go with the whole Rodgers trade too. Is like if I have to give up two firsts to get Aaron Rodgers, I'm totally cool with that because yeah. assuming you get Aaron Rodgers like he has played the last like 5 seasons. I mean, even with the broken finger this year, he's probably or broken thumb this year with the Jets team, he's probably, you know, you're t- probably talking playoffs at that point. I would gamble on you know, Rodgers being the guy for the two years. And then, I don't know, I, I just, I think you can gamble on his production. And I feel like I was going somewhere with this and I lost my train of thought. <laughs> I, you were going to say like the second year, I'm, I'm guessing this is me trying to read through mm-hmm. your brain. Yeah, yeah, let plug me, it in for me. Get it. Let me get <laughs> Let's it. Let's see where I was going with this. Maybe next year's first round pick doesn't matter or nothing. Oh, oh, it's oh that's what it is. Yes, yes. Round. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so 2024 is going to be at the back of the first round anyway. And if I'm, like you're saying, possibly thinking about trading down anyway maybe it's trading down and and sending a a first round pick that way or you know it doesn't have to be 13 necessarily i guess it depends how serious the raiders are on him and like what does it get done because the raiders are sitting at seven and every single one of their picks is just gonna be slightly higher than all of our picks Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i don't know listen i mean it's so this is so crazy man i don't know how serious or how much to believe any of the you know the jargon that you hear is is Oakland really interested or are they is it just smoke being blown by Rogers camp you know does he want to come to the Jets does he not want to come to the Jets you know mm-hmm. does he want to play again with um Nathaniel Hackett or does he hate Woody Johnson and you know and the you know the whole COVID shot thing so much that he won't play for Woody Johnson it's all like it's all crazy man you know, I heard it, 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 I saw that on Pat McAfee. I was like, no, I was like, Pat, I was like, I know you want this dude to be in a Colts uniform. Like, that's that's the bias. And he's pushing like the, the whole Johnson and Johnson thing. I was like, right. what? He doesn't have anything to do with it. Come right. on. Like, stop screwing us. Quit kicking us when we're down. I just want the quarterback. 
It's so crazy, uh, man. It's so crazy. And this is like, uh, and I just keep going back to this again, not to, not to kick a dead horse, but like, we're not in this, we're not in this problem if we don't miss on the quarterback, you know, two mm-hmm. years ago, you know? Yeah. I mean, what's the, what's the ultimate option for you? If you like with hindsight being 2020, I don't think I'm taking a quarterback. I think I'm trading down and like almost just waiting <laughs> And just yeah. seeing what happens, like like it's as much as that sucks. I'd almost rather ro- run it back with like Mike White at that point and just keep building uh, pieces around him. I don't know. I like at the time, Zach felt like the right pick. Yeah, no, he was, and 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 I can't say that I didn't. I didn't think that. You know, I'd be lying if I did. You know, I was. Everyone, everyone was in on him. You know, sure there were some people mm-hmm. that were a little bit more Justin Fields than than Zach Wilson, but I mean, you heard the same. You know, your ear was to the same street mine was. You heard that mm-hmm. San Francisco wanted to trade. You know, wanted him to. San Francisco wanted to come up. Philly was looking to come up. This was pre Jalen mm-hmm. Hurts. Like all these teams were in mm-hmm. on Zach Wilson. You know, uh, he just missed. You know. And that's part that's part of the game, but it's such a, a kick in the junk when it happens. So, you know, you watch all these teams, you know, um, Cincinnati and Buffalo, all these teams in our conference that just mm. build these beautiful rosters right around this rookie salary, the rookie quarterback salary. You know, Jacksonville's doing the same thing now, too. Yeah, you look at the the final teams like in the playoffs basically every quarterback is on a rookie contract with the exception of Mahomes and Mahomes I think is only just starting to hit big money I think this year yeah. I think this was his this yeah because well, he signed the contract last year but it was very cap friendly for year one it, it accelerates at like a, a higher level as it goes on so yeah yeah that's brutal Brutal, brutal, brutal stuff. So you, you want to you want to win with a guy on a cheaper contract, which is what Rodgers provides you for these next two years. That's what's so valuable about this. Yeah, fifteen million next year, thirty-two the year after that. Far more manageable than what Derek Carr may wind up eventually being. He may be thirty-five a year, if not more, dude. I mean, yeah. listen, if there's if there's a bidding war, he's going to get forty mm-hmm. million from someone, you know. And listen, yeah. the, the going the going rate is going to be fifty. You know, Burrow's probably going to set the you know reset the market you know at 50 55 and 40 might seem like a bargain but that's going to be the going rate we're going to have to we're going to have to pin some pennies to get a 40 million dollar quarterback contract into our cap you know what i mean yeah. we're going to have to so make the, tough decisions well so that's the interesting piece of the whole puzzle right like how how strongly does Derek Carr feel about not waiving his no trade clause like would the raiders try to say hey you're screwed you're with us you know, we're going to take you as our quarterback unless you say you're going to waive your no trade clause to get to the team you now want to go to for your new contract. We're going to hold you hostage because I feel like there's enough leverage there and enough teams want him that I think Carr would waive it. But I just I feel like the Raiders can't risk 40 million dollars like that. That's kind of like that's a really risky proposition. Uh, yeah, I can't see that happening. And, if, and put yourself in Derek Carr's shoes, Ryan. Like, if they mm-hmm. said, hey, you know what? You waive your trade clause or you're going to be here and you're going to be riding the pine. Okay, so I'm still making... How would much? he? <laughs> Why would he ride the pine? Or would he just be the bridge quarterback at that point? It's like, alright, I guess we're running it back with Carr one more year. Like, it sucks, but like, hey, we're going to make it awkward or you can get out of it. Like, the big thing for Carr is he just wants to get past the 15th so he's locked into at least that much money. And he's yeah. hoping he's going to get cut at that point. But if he feels like, oh, I don't want to be here anymore, and it is awkward, and I've already been past the 15th, and I know I've got at least that much money, I could see him waiving the no-trade clause, maybe not for a whole heck of a lot, but 
just to get out of out of Vegas, I feel like. But maybe yeah, they don't I, risk I, it. Maybe they just pull it. Yeah, I, I I can't see I can't see something like that happen. I mean, it would take a huge set for Oakland mm. to pull that card out. You know what I mean? They would have to have a huge set of balls, man. I hope Josh McDaniels goes down in fu- in flames. Oh, just, man. Just <laughs> burning fire. <laughs> All right, let's get into this. Thomas Cahill says, hey, Dom, doesn't uh, doesn't Dewan carry his weight better than Makai Becton? So, guys, if you're just hopping in the chat, Dewan Jones is the six foot eight. Uh, right tackle out of Ohio State. He came in to the Senior Bowl, measured out as the largest wingspan ever, uh, like 90 inches, 89 and a half inches, I think is what it wound up being. Just absolutely like enormous that. human being. Uh, so, Dom, did you think that Jones held his weight better than Becton does? I mean, the eye, but the eye test, they definitely had a little bit different build. Like, Dewan Jones looked really, like, really really tall and lean i mean he was a big guy but he didn't look like you know like there was times where he, well, he probably was that makai beckton just looked like fat like heavy mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. dewan jones never looked like that dewan jones looked like he was just like a large guy he looked taller he looked a lot leaner than mm-hmm. beckton and, and that's probably because uh cahill that's probably because he was he just carries it different you know he's not so you know not so set um like heavy set around his mm. waist and his legs, so on and so forth. He's he's just a little bit leaner. It looks like he's probably a little taller too. I don't think Makai's six eight, right? How tall yeah. is Makai back then? Makai is six seven, is what he falls in. So I mean, they're pretty pretty close within an inch. Yeah. I Beckton to me, it's going to sound bad. As soon as I saw the draft video of him at home and his dad was sitting next to him, and I saw how big his dad was, I was like, oh no! <laughs> like, is that the family genes? <laughs> It yeah. could be rough. Like, hope. I mean, it seems like Makai's in shape right now. So, like, I think if you roll with Rodgers, I think you have to have Makai as your right tackle. I think that's kind of what you're you're sort of going in on with Mitchell being the backup. You have Brown as your backup on the left hand side, and I feel like you're probably primed to get back to Ari from from Green Bay. Um, mm. you're I don't know. Twenty twenty something million to bring in Bakhtiari. I think what's going to happen is you're going to see a trade. The Jets are going to give two firsts, no conditions tied to it, for Rodgers and for Bakhtiari. Bakhtiari is going to restructure his contract. When traded, it's not like absolutely crazy. I think it's $15 million a year and $20 million a year. Um, but I think I think they could trade. I think it's only good through two years anyway, so it would be this year and maybe next year. Um, Let's look it up. But I think he's like a twenty-eight million dollar cap hit for the Packers, so I think they're going to yes. move on from him anyway. Um, well, he hasn't stayed so healthy. It's, al- it's what, almost a like a situation where it's like, hey, we're go- the Packers would be like, hey, we're going to cut back to Ari anyway, and we can say we got two first for Rodgers, and the Jets are going to be able to say, hey, the tackles weren't going to make it to pick number thirteen. The Raiders were going to take one at seven. The Titans were going to take one at eleven. The Texans or the Bears were going to take one at twelve if the Bears wind up trading out of one. Um, yeah. and all three tackles are gone before then. We don't have the cap space to go chasing all these crazy high-priced tackles anyway. The quarterback we're bringing in, and Rodgers potentially wants his former left tackle. I think that kind of makes sense. The Jets can say, hey, we got the tackle and the quarterback for two firsts. We're going all in. That first next year is going to be you know, a Super Bowl potentially anyway, so it's not going to matter. I think, that's, yeah. I think that's the trade that's being worked on behind the scenes. Gut feeling. 
uh, listen, if, if that's what if that's what it is, that's what it is. And, um, you know, you're not going to be able to get the tackle at 13 anyway, even though mm-hmm. I think there's other tackles that you can look at later on. You know, that that's a discussion for later in the show. I'm sure we'll have. But if that's mm-hmm. the road that brings us Aaron Rodgers, you know, I'll drive out to Wisconsin and, and, and bring Bakhtiari here. You know, I'm looking at his contract now. So the 2023 contract is mm-hmm. – um, blah, blah, blah. it's a cap number of 28 million, and then it's 2024 number is a cap number of 33 million, which you can get rid of at that point. I mean, you can obviously always restructure it, but you can be free of it completely mm-hmm. with an 11 million dollar dead cap hit and save 22 million. So, his so if he's traded, so the way to look at the contract, the that prorated bonus down the middle, are you on over the cap or spot track? I'm on over the cap. Okay. So uh, that like fourth column over. Yeah. Um, prorated bonus. That's going to actually, you know, let's do this. I have the technology to be able to show this on screen. <laughs> we can all look at it together. Uh, let's see if I can do this correctly the first time. Bam. All right. Let's see. All right. I'm going to hide that real quick. Um, all right, so this second column where it says I just can't see my mouse, but it says prorated bonus. Sure. Uh, that prorated bonus is the signing bonus mm-hmm. that Bakhtiari got when he signed his contract. So that, if traded, does not come over. Um, so that big number for these next few years, twenty-eight million and thirty-three million, you would subtract that eleven, 11 five. I five gotcha. exactly. So his cap number becomes. 9.5 plus 6.7. So that's like, you know, 15 million or so. And then this one would be a touch over 20 million uh, for two years back to back of Bakhtiari. So realistically, what you do is you trade for him and you give him like, let's say a four-year contract and it drops both these numbers almost in half and you add like void years on the back end. Yeah, so that sure, way it spreads sure, it out sure, a little sure. bit. Um, kind of cool. Kind of Kind of interesting. I think it's definitely doable. I just don't know if like... I don't think it's necessarily the best option because he's been he's been injured, and I actually really like a lot of the tackles that are on the open market. I just don't know if Rodgers – like if I have to risk a, a semi-injury prone maybe at this point tackle to get Rodgers, I'm going to do it. I'm going to try and hedge my bets in like a middle round uh, you know, tackle oh, pick absolutely. at some point, yeah, I think. Sure, sure, sure. I mean, listen, there's other guys that are supposed to be Rodgers guys that I could say, you know, hey, if it's going to get him over, like Randall Cobb, however old you are, 70 years old, come on over. You know? Yeah, uh, we'll play yeah. Braxton Berrios. You, you backup <laughs> slot? Sure, come on over. Yeah. One million dollars. Got come it. Come on over. Done. Who else? You know, who else do you want, Aaron? You want Mercedes Lewis? You know, bring yeah. him over. You know, <laughs> why? Well, Rucker can him. sit another year. It's okay. Yeah. We'll but move on a, from Uzama or Conklin. One of the two after next year. You got it. it that's uh, just saying. vodka. Like, sorry, just, just vodka. vodka comes in and says, uh, "Can you clarify? Can a player be paid based on away games due to less taxes?" In certain states. Ooh, okay. So here's what I was talking about before. So Aaron Rodgers has a very interesting contract, and it's very unique. It's super complex. It's been really tough for people to break down this entire time. But the idea behind it is his contract has a bonus, and when that bonus is exercised, it has to be exercised before week one of the NFL season, his bonus turns into a signing bonus, which then uh, allows you to have that cap hit 
trigger across multiple years as opposed to it all hitting one season, which makes it easy for you to build a team these next few years. That's what makes his cap hit 15 million this year and 32 next year. The same options each year. Um, now, the issue with that for the New York Jets in particular or any high tax state is because the way that option is written, Rodgers is going to get a lump sum of money all at once, which means he's going to hit the highest tax bracket for New Jersey. If he winds up having a different kind of contract, more of a normal structured contract where, you know, so his base salary is only going to be like a million dollars or 10 million, yeah. whatever the base salary is, it's going to be way low. And that number gets divided up amongst 17 games. And that's what he, he pays the tax based on where those games are played. But because he's paid a lump sum with a big portion of the money, he is going to make $11 million less in New York over these next two years than he will by playing in Vegas because of that structure. So there is a way where he could probably restructure his contract here and maybe not have the lump sum hit. But man, it's it gets a little squirrely. And it's, it's, it's definitely a really big handicap if you're a team in one of these higher income tax states for a, for a major contract like this, it's kind of the, I think it's part of the reason why we saw Hill go the other way too with Miami. I mean, he was from Miami, so there's probably mm -hmm. a little bit more to it, but I mean, you know, $11 million isn't chump change, you know, it mm -hmm. might seem like that to these guys who make hundreds and hundreds of it, but listen, think about it. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is in the twilight of his career, right? Mm -hmm. We're hoping two more years, you know, at max, what do you get? You, you figure three, you know, mm -hmm. absolutely. At, you know, if he's really pushing it and really killing it four, but no more than that. I mean, probably mm -hmm. two. This is, you know, this is his last payday. Mm -hmm. You know, so to, to cut out $11 million each year out of that, I mean, it it's different if he was a 23-year-old kid where he said, you're going to make that tenfold in your, in your next three contracts. But this is Aaron Rodgers' last, you know, last hurrah here. So, yeah. Interesting, absolutely. though. And just vodka, what I was talking about earlier, I don't know if it's actually feasible to do this. <laughs> I was joking about having uh, Aaron Rodgers get his lump sum of payment the week we go play Vegas in Vegas. <laughs> so that way yeah. the lump sum, oh yeah, there's there's all your pay right there for that week in the no income tax day. I don't think you can do that. That seems like that's probably frowned upon. <laughs> yeah. I would say that's not yeah, a thing. I, I would assume so. Because if not, you could split it up between... Miami and you can split it up half in Miami yeah. and half in Los I think Vegas. We play or... Dallas too. Like yeah, we right. have a few, right? Yeah, yeah, Spr yeah. Sprinkle all the non-income tax states. It won't even matter. <laughs> no, no, no signing, but or no, uh, no cap hits this year. Perfect. If if that was doable, everyone would be doing it, right? Yeah. Let's let's call a spade a spade. Yeah. No, hundred uh, percent. Red John jumps in. Red John says Rogers will make the money back in endorsements in New York. So that's. Um, that's the other side of the argument. The only thing with Rodgers is he's so popular on a national level that, I mean, I guess you're still making more in New York because there's just going to be a lot more opportunities. But I think as far as legacy goes, like Rodgers to me feels like an ego guy. And when you're looking at all the potential options for where you could go and win a Super Bowl, like where does two Super Bowls, if you're Aaron Rodgers, if you get a second Super Bowl, where does that rank you in all-time quarterbacks? I don't know if it necessarily matters if it's anywhere. I mean, if you get it with the Jets, though, they're going to build a bronze statue of you out front of MetLife. Right. We're going to be, like, wearing your jersey for the next 50 years. Like, this is where you earn that. I shouldn't say earn, but this is where you put a stamp on your legacy. Yeah, I agree with that, man. Um, 
<laughs> I don't know. Like Aaron Rodgers seems to me like he likes his name in the news and he likes to be, you know, mm-hmm. the talk of the town. Um, so if that's if that's in his personality, if that's true about him, then then this is the place to be, right? You know, mm-hmm. if you're not and if you're quiet and a little bit reserved and kind of want to be off the grid, you know, then then maybe go to Las Vegas or Tennessee where you're building a, you know, a, a mansion and this that and the other thing. Who knows? I can't I wait till it's resolved, it. dude. I just can't I know. wait. Till it's I'm resolved. getting heartburn just thinking about this. One, one <laughs> way like or every another, day. I just can't wait I'm till refreshing it's my Twitter feed. I'm pulling up the jet forums every day. I'm like, just refresh, refresh, refresh. One son of a batch of cookies went into the forums and said, "Breaking news: Aaron Rodgers, major news." And it was like he got his name on Pebble Beach's wall or something like that. I was like, "I'm gonna kneecap you, you <laughs> son of a!" I was so mad. I was like, "Oh, I just want to know. <laughs> I just want to know it, where he goes." Uh, guys, I'm here with Dom C. If you guys don't know who Dom C is, he was down with Green Bean at the Senior Bowl. Dom C has been a part of the channel for a very, very long time. He's really knowledgeable in his film breakdowns and analysis of players. So definitely check him out and pay attention to what he's got to say because he, he finds some really good gems in there. Um, now, I want to get your thoughts on the Senior Bowl overall. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about the players that stood out to you, both in a positive or negative way. If you want to, you know, go one direction first and then hop in the other, whatever you want to do. Let us know the whole experience. The floor is yours. Yeah, yeah, sure. So um, first off, the experience um, as a whole was just so, it, it was so cool, so exciting, so inviting. Um, and, and you know, the, the more you got to meet and talk to people um, down there that have been, you know, that I either do this for a living, you know, they're actually, you know, you know, with media, you know, um, in the media, so on and so forth, or their guys like, you know, are just enthralled with the draft and whatnot, or just football fans, whatnot. Um, everyone kind of says the same thing is that the senior bowl does it right. You know, so there it, it's really laid back. It's really conducive to the, the experience, the fan experience, you know, and us, you know, even the even the people who were credentialed and so on and so forth, it's really geared toward the experience there. So the whole thing itself was 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 awesome. You know, mm-hmm. um, getting to watch the players is is also cool. Um, getting you know having like a you know like myself, I I, I, I kind of fancy myself a, a pretty big draft nerd. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, it was like super cool because you know th- there's a lot of these guys that I've already I, I know about. I I watched game film on. I watched during the fall season. Um, so I had kind of an understanding and then really getting to like solidify or completely change my thought watching them play against the best of the best was, was something that's cool. You know, there was tons of guys there that, you know, you, you knew the names, you knew the Dewan Jones, you knew the, you know, Max Duggins and, and so on and so forth. But it was some of these guys that you, you heard of, or, you know, if you watch, mock drafts or you do mock drafts or you you read something like like you had i think one of those you know prognosticator websites up there draft mm-hmm. something or other draft you know you can read about these guys yep. and then you can kind of just um you know get to see and form your own opinion on them you know what i mean so having an understanding of these guys and having a real kind of good baseline of their their strengths and weaknesses and so on and so forth it, it's it's really cool to see it happen live, like position wise, like talking about the Jets now, you know, um, mm-hmm. we definitely, uh, you know, I, I was there a day early in Green Bean. Um, so I mm-hmm. got Tuesday's practice in, you know, all by myself. And, you know, I was on the field and and really like up close and personal with them. So I really mm-hmm. studied 
the linebackers and I really studied the safeties on day one. Not studied, mm-hmm. but like stayed with that their groups, you know. Um, the linebackers worked a lot with the running backs um, in, you know, in one-on-one drills and the safeties worked a lot with the tight end. So you get to see some guys from the, you know, from, from all of those groups. And then the rest of the time we spent a lot of time with the hog mollies, the offensive linemen, the defensive linemen. Um, I happened to be on the field uh, at one point in the corner of the end zone, mm-hmm. right there where the cornerbacks and the wide receivers were in a, doing a one-on-one press man drill where the wide receivers just had to get off man and just watching mm-hmm. these guys and how they move. So cool. So some of the guys that I liked, you know, and, and I'm, I'll gear it towards jets. You know, we talk about offensive tackle. We talk about defensive tackle. We talk about linebacker. We talk about safety. Those are probably, you know, in whatever order you want to put them, the four positional mm-hmm. needs for us. Um, sure. The Dwan Jones was, uh, you know, everyone, he, he was the talk of the town on Tuesday. Probably was no player better than him on Tuesday. Um, other guys that, you know, some of the other guys that I, um, like I thought Matt Bergeron from Syracuse had a really good week. Um, I, you know, I was, I, I, I always have liked John Michael Schmitz, you know, since, mm-hmm. you know, since the fall, he was always a guy that, um, I really wanted, you know, to really get a better look at. And mm-hmm. he did not disappoint. He, John Michael mm-hmm. Schmitz, the center from, um, Minnesota was so good. In every aspect, he was nasty in his one-on-one drills. He has a good anchor. He doesn't let up those bull rushes. He plays with a little bit of fire on him, but even more so, like watching him work in the 11-11 drills was awesome. There was one run. Um, who was the running back? Tajay Sharp, the running back from Tulane, um, mm. where it was just like a kind of like a little um, inside inside zone, and John Michael Schmitz. Blocks down on the defensive tackle, the three tech, bounces off of him, completely destroys the linebacker, like completely like pancake flat on his back. The linebacker, Taze Sharp, cuts behind him, and John Michael Schmitz, who's a three hundred twenty pound, six foot five behemoth, is running step for step with Taze Sharp, and he levels the safety. So he literally led the way for this guy. So watching him put that all in play. Um, mm-hmm. was so was so good. Um, Osiris Torrance is another guy. I don't really think he's a he's a fit for the Jets, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was another guy who really impressed. Big old. Um, he's the interior alignment. Yeah, from he's Florida. A, he, he's a he's a Florida guy. He he's a uh, he's a brute force in the run game. You know, he looks just as big as mm-hmm. Dewan Jones does. You know, but he's he's strictly guard only. Um, mm-hmm. Trying to think of some other guys that that really stood out to me. Jalen Duncan, uh, tackle from Maryland, was another guy that mm-hmm. I was I was high on from his game film, um, and he had himself a good week. Um, some of the guys that you know I, I came away a little bit less than enthusiastic with um, mm-hmm. the Michigan center Olu Oluwatimi um, yep. seemed to me like he he struggled a little bit. Um, he struggled a little bit against some power rush. Some of the big guys mm-hmm. that came at him bull rush. He also had a weird. This is weird, but. I, I don't know why I picked up on it. I noticed it. He had a really hard time snapping the ball in shotgun. Like he bounced three shotgun snaps in a row. I don't know if it was mm-hmm. rushing or so on and so forth, but I happened to be talking to another guy who I met there who's, you know, actually like a paid scout. And, you know, we were chatting. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, he's like, uh, he's like, that doesn't surprise me. Oluwatimi has nine inch hands. So he's got like Kenny Pickett hands on a 6'4, 320 pound body. Kind of weird. It's so weird. It's like you can't hold a whopper, right? That old commercial. Yeah, where it's like, exactly. Oh, it's too tiny. Exactly. So <laughs> I, again, I don't know if that has really, if that has anything to do with it. 
um, mm. or not, but it, it, you know, I watched it, so I couldn't I couldn't let that go. Um, mm-hmm. Blake Freeland, another guy that I was high on, another big guy, 6'8", 320 pounds. Um, I liked what he did against the run, but when I watched him in the one-on-one pass drills, like he consistently got beat on a second move. Like he would set up and step outside and then get mm-hmm. beat right across his face or somebody would counter and spin on him. Um, so mm-hmm. he struggled mightily against the pass, which makes me think that he's going to be destined to be moved inside. Um, I'm just going through some of my notes here. So let's see. Mm-hmm. God, uh, Darnell, right. I think he was probably from the Tennessee tackle. Um, yeah. Again, probably o- overall. I'm sorry. Was he disappointing or was it? No, no, no. He was, he was one of the best. I think he was, oh, he was another guy. Was he was another guy who was, no, I just, I, I like had him. He was, he was like the 11th person on my list. I didn't have him. I didn't put yes. him on my top 10, but yeah, I liked, I liked. So I put together or I'm in the process it's, you know, together, but after the, after the combine and after the, um, after the senior bowl, I should say. And then after the combine, I'm going to finalize mm-hmm. it and, and actually, you know, get it out into print, but I'm putting together my own draft guide this year. So, Darno Wright was originally my fifth ranked tackle. And mm-hmm. after the senior bowl, like he was that dominant that he's definitely, you know, he's definitely one of the guys that's on the rise for me. Um, I mm-hmm. think he has uh plug and play ability. He's dominant. He's a big guy, 335 pounds. Um, he, he moves well laterally. He's got, you know, he's got good footwork. You can tell he's technically mm-hmm. good. He's dominant against the run, but he also like held up so good against pass um, mm-hmm. I think he's probably a right tackle in the NFL, but I, but, but he's definitely a guy that, you know, could grow to be right or left, um, you know, kind of, uh, versatile like that. So those so, are some of the offensive tackles and, and offensive linemen. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, as you say, I'll pull up his, uh, his little profile yeah. thing right here from, this is NFL draft buzz. I've been using this site a little bit. It's kind of, kind of fun. They have his yeah, draft yeah, yeah. projection as a, a fourth round grade. Is that where you think he would have wound up prior to the senior bowl or is that no, just seemed no, kind of he's off? a top, he's a, he's a top 50, top 60 player. Um, so I it think, looks like, I, I think he's played himself possibly into the end of the first round, if not right in the beginning of the second round, you know, depending on team needs and so on and so forth. He's a guy who's he's a guy whose stock went straight up. Dewan Jones' stock went straight up. I mean, those mm-hmm. guys, those two were probably second round, late third or you know, second round, third mm-hmm. round picks when this all started. And um there was two no other linemen were talked about, you know, as highly or put on the show that those two guys did. Mm-hmm. Along with John yeah, Michael Schmitz, like- the three of them really. Based on the uh, the how other scouting services rate Darnell Wright, uh, mm-hmm. it looks like he's fallen somewhere around the fiftieth ranked prospect, and then yeah. uh, Draft Buzz has him a little bit lower, and then CBS, you know, must not have even heard about this guy. <laughs> he's <just> way <laughs> lower down there. Um, yeah, I, he's a guy. He's only a two year starter, so I think that's mm-hmm. going to um, you know kind of knock knock him in some people's eyes. Um, mm-hmm. but like I said, he, the, the proof was in the pudding and, and, you know, he just stepped up day in, day out and, and probably was the best out when Dewan Jones bowed out after Tuesday's practice, you know, mm-hmm. um, him and John Michael Schmitz were probably the two best linemen on the field. Thomas drops in says, Hey Dom, what are your thoughts on Dorian Williams? And did Campbell and Simpson show up? Uh, Campbell and Simpson, those are the, the linebackers, right? They did not go. Campbell, Campbell and Simpson both did not go, but Dorian Williams happens to be um, one of my. He's exciting. Tr- 
Yeah, he's one of my draft crushes, man. That guy is. My brother uh, sent me a, his highlight tape. I was like, ooh. Yeah, <laughs> I hadn't yeah. looked at him yet. He's, I was like, this guy's good. He's really good. Um, I liked him before the, this whole process, you know, happened, and he mm. played very. He played really, really well in Mobile. Um, the guy's just fast. You know, mm. that, that's what that's what I think is something like when I'm when I'm when I'm looking at linebackers, um, you, you want to see how they, you know, like how instinctual they are, how they react, how quick they can, you know, they can break, you know, their their short area quickness, how they can break. And obviously um, a, a, a setup like the like Mobile has or, or the um, the Senior Bowl or or any of these, you know, Shrine Bowl doesn't matter. Um, they're going to put all of their the players skills up you know, uh, in the spotlight because there's scouts and, and agents and coaches and whomever are looking at these guys. Um, so they have them on one-on-one drills, you know, against running backs and, you know, they have them, you know, in, um, rushing or, or blitzing drills against running backs and, and Dorian will hell's up best. I think he's probably, um, him and him or, you know, the kid Henley, uh, Diane Henley from Washington State are probably the mm-hmm. two best, two of the best cover linebackers in this draft. Um, mm-hmm. He's and and Williams is really fast. He's got enough muscle, you know. He's he's big enough at six two. I think he's you know somewhere around two twenty two thirty. So mm-hmm. um, super fast. I think he's he he's a great like ideal chasing tackle guy. Will linebacker mm-hmm. in our defense. Um, you know, can cover like a like a mofo. So that's what that's PFF what I got has him somewhere around the hundred rank. It looks like uh, yeah. maybe third, third, fourth round is. What yeah, these two I mean, th- look listen, like. that's probably I mean, the linebackers still early off ball, off ball linebackers just don't mm-hmm. go off the board early anymore. You know, unless you're a big mm-hmm. middle linebacker or an outside linebacker that's going to that's going to blitz. You're probably mm-hmm. not. You know, they're, they're not really rated high. Um, Dorian Williams happens to be like one, like I said, one of my favorite players in, in the entire draft, his game film at Tulane. I mean, mm. yeah, you know, Tulane is, it's, you know, it's big time football, but it's not big 10. It's not pac 10. It's not, you know, mm. uh, ACC or anything like that. So you get some scrubby teams in there, but I mean, he's just dominant. He was just dominant mm. in his game film and, and it showed up in mobile as well. So, yeah, Radovan drops in. He says, Dom, did you see Dick Chimney at the Senior Bowl? I did not. I know he was there. I, I know he was there. I did get to spend some time with um, Connor Hughes. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw Zach Rosenblatt there and, and a bunch of the other, uh, you know, Jets beat writers. But I did not see uh, Dick Chimney. I would have called <laughs> I would have called him Dick Chimney. I, I'm not I'm not a, I'm not a huge like like screw the beat kind of guy but like yeah yeah samini just drives me bonkers i i can't stand <laughs> that guy you know that's such a great nickname too that was uh frankie came up with that yeah one, I think, frankie right? from flatbush <laughs> came up from it yeah <laughs> it's so bad fabulous, yeah uh all right um so that was some of that let me uh you know what we're gonna take some phone calls so cool. let me throw this up on the screen so you'll be able to see dom and i um and I'll put the pinned comment in the chat if you guys want to uh, join us. You'll be able to see Dom and I. You'll get three minutes on the clock, but you uh, will not go over that. I will eject you out of here. Um, so if you want to hop in, uh, make sure you call in, and I will assign you guys, and we'll, uh, we'll go through. You can ask Dom and I some questions, uh, but we should both be able to hear you if I have done this correctly, which I think I have done. 
Um, let me see where my little three minute timer pops up. There right, it is. Pops up over there. Let's 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 move this around a little bit. Yeah. Let's, uh, eh, nope, not where I'm trying to go. Come on. Over, nope. Nope. Big timer now. There we go. Let's go. Little timer. Teeny timer. There we go. Get in the middle. All right. Timer's going away. All right. Our first guest up. It's gonna be Tigo. What's up, Tigo? How you doing tonight? I'm doing great. How are you two gentlemen? Tigo, my dude. How are there. you, man? I'm doing great, Dom. Dom, I'm going to ask you a very, very, very specific question. Um, and this is just because I fell in love with these two guys watching them, and I, I'm trying to come up with excuses to get them on the New York Jets roster. And I see two very possible tri like cut candidates because we can save $5 million if we got rid of them combined. And that's obviously uh, Bryce Hall and Justin Hardy because they both make about $2.7 million and have a $0 or like it's like a couple thousand dollars in dead cap. Do you see a situation where Iowa's Riley Moss, the DB out of Iowa, mm -hmm. and or uh, my new favorite draft crush, South Carolina's Darius Rush, another cornerback, do you see any situation where in the fourth, the fifth, the sixth round, the New York Jets might take a, a shot on one of these guys? and say, you know what, if they're good enough, because I think personally with Rush, I think he's mm -hmm. good enough to take Hall's job straight up. And paying Rush a $900,000 contract, or whatever it would be for a fifth or a sixth round pick, makes more sense than paying Hall 2.7. Is there a world where maybe they entertain that? And in your eyes, does the two guys that I mentioned fit that bill? Um, listen, is there a world where you entertain taking, you know, high caliber players if they're the best on your board? I guess you have to. Now, I will say this about Rush. He was he was good during the week, um, but his skill set is is press man. You know, I don't see him really veering off of that. Um, you know, uh, think J.C. Horn. You know, I know that's a that's a that's a weak comparison because they both went to Carolina, South Carolina, but uh, kind of the same skill set. Um, I think he's a press man corner, you know, with the uh, with the ability to hop inside. Um, I don't know where, you know, if we're talking about the Jets, I don't know where the true fit on our defense is. I, I think he's going to. I think Rush is going to get taken a lot earlier than um, than we're willing to spend capital on a fifth, you know, or sixth cornerback on our team. Um, now Moss is a different story. I think Moss has, um, he was one of the fastest guys at mobile. You know, they had this new technology there. They called it zebra technology where they literally implanted chips in the shoulder pads and the helmets and, you know, everything. Think of like, um, next gen stats, you know, how they have, they, they're tracking all those analytics. This is just another version of that where they're tracking the players analytics. And, and Moss was, um, one of the fastest guys on the field at any time you know his top speed that he reached was like 21 miles an hour this that and the other thing um i however watched him get um kind of cooked in tight situations in tight quarters by by bigger stronger more physical receivers so i i question whether his role is going to be on the outside or, or if he transitions more into a free safety um, and he probably doesn't have the body skills or the tackling skills to handle uh, the free safety early on. You know, is, is it a dart you throw and kind of develop him into it? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that's what I can tell you about those two guys. I think Rush is a great player. I, I believe he was um, 
if I'm not mistaken, he was like voted um, one of the practice players of the week, you know, and he showed up, you know, showed up time after time. Um, the receiver crop there was, eh, you know, not the greatest, you know, let, let's be honest. And the quarterback, you know, the quarterbacks there were even worse. So that might help, you know, the cornerbacks look really good. Um, but he was probably rush was, you know, one of the guys that definitely caught my eye. The kids, um, the kid from Miami Stevenson was really, really good. Um, like, like really, really good. Um, I get the feeling that. I get the feeling that Bryce Hall's more of a candidate to be traded than anything else. I don't think they'd want to roll the dice on like a guy that's been in the defense for two years. You know, I know in a year we're hoping to go on a Super Bowl run. I don't think they're gonna like cut him for, to save the cap space if they can get an asset with it, maybe. But I, I would be a yeah, little I, bummed. I, I just don't see the. I, I just don't see. To me, like the the juice ain't worth the squeeze. <laughs> you know? You're out of here. Sorry, because he's because he that's <laughs> okay. Because he's that, that scared me. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> um, I just don't think the juice is worth the squeeze and cutting Bryce Hall because he's not really making a lot of money, you know. Mm-hmm. And you know he's keen to the system. He understands the system. Yeah, he doesn't. He's not. He hasn't been active on a lot of on a lot of game days. And when he was, we all think, you know, oh God, he lost this Baltimore game. Not really. That was more mm-hmm. of a better throw. I'm, I'm talking about that long touchdown in the corner mm-hmm. in the third quarter. That was better, more of a better throw from Lamar than it was bad coverage from Paul. Nonetheless, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, what's wrong with having good, cheap, young depth? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I don't think we I just completely cut agree. them. I don't think we just cut good cheap young depth just to cut him to bring in to take a shot at another guy who's going to be good cheap young depth i completely agree with you dom we got joe calling in joe how you doing tonight hey ryan how you doing i'm hanging in there what's on your mind brother uh and good evening to the other gentleman i forgot his name already <laughs> dom c uh, yeah I got it's a little pretty easy three dementia. letters dom <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you sir Pleasure, Joe. Anyway, My pleasure, um, man. You know, I don't know. I, I tell Ryan I'm almost 50. I've been following, you know, the New York Jets since 1981. Uh, you know, I've been watching the game for a while. I don't think I would give up a first-round pick this year, Farron Rodgers. Maybe next year. A second round this year. A first and third round next year. I really believe that we need to get this offensive line solidified because without a good one, you know, I know Vera Tucker's coming back, and maybe possibly a healthy Makai Becton could help out, but uh, he'd be a right tackle probably. Um, I, I don't think it's going to help if Aaron Rodgers doesn't have a great line. Yeah, I think you got to solve the offensive line first and foremost, and we're going to need at least two offensive linemen, whether that's bringing back McGovern, uh, bringing in another tackle. Dom, is there any way you want to see us address the offensive line? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, Again, it really depends on what quarterback we're talking about. If we're bringing in one of these guys, the Rodgers, the Cars, the Jimmy G's, the Tannehills of the world, you know, um, they're going to cost money. So we're going to have, again, I I talked about it before, it's a numbers game. So to bring in X amount of dollars, you're going to have to also release X amount of dollars. So there's going to be holes to be filled. Um, I just can't see us going after um, a high-end, like, um, a high-end free agent tackle. I'm trying to think of one off the top of my head. Orlando Brown is he? A, he's a free agent. Yeah, tackle, he's, right? he'll be a free agent. The kid from yeah. Atlanta. You got McGlinchley yeah. from uh, the 49ers. There's there's a few really good ones that are hitting the market. 
but they're I mean, I don't know about McGlinchey because he's a little bit older and he's a right tackle. But I mean, Orlando mm-hmm. Brown and, and plus is going, you know, he's going to be 20, 22 million dollars plus. Right. So mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to afford a guy like that. Um, so I think you're going to need a shot of youth and, and a, a, to kind of reestablish this depth. The last thing I want to yeah. do is go into the season, you know, banking on um, a, a 58 year old Dwayne Brown. Makai Becton, who yeah. hasn't who hasn't played in two years, and Max Mitchell, hopefully coming back from you know what could be a uh, you know a serious blood clotting issue. We saw you know we saw it happen with Vinny Curry, who's out for a whole year. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, that's so, my, that's my whole point. I mean, that's mm-hmm. why I don't think we should give up the thirteenth pick because it's not easy getting a great tackle in the third and fourth round. I mean, it's almost like sometimes you know getting lightning in a bottle with that, you know. Joe Douglas actually was part of the Philly team. Why am I doing this right now? I'm doing something to my screen. It keeps having me switch yeah. back and forth. Um, Joe Douglas actually uh, was on Philadelphia when they drafted their left tackle in the seventh round. He is their current left tackle right now. Something with an M running a blank on the name right now. Malata. Yeah, Jordan Malata. Jordan Malata. You're right. Seventh round pick, Joe Douglas. And and I'll say this, Joe, as you get booted, um, hopefully you can (laughs) still hear us. Um, Sorry, Joe. (laughs) He's got to listen on stream now. (laughs) I'm going to tell you this. This draft class compared to last year's draft class, okay? So we Mm -hmm. all know the three names that are being talked around as as arguably, you know, tackle one, tackle two, tackle three, whichever way you put them in this class, right? You talk about Peter Skronsky. You talk about mm-hmm. um, Broderick Jones from Georgia, and you talk about mm-hmm. Paris Johnson from Ohio State. The top three don't compare um, or don't grade out, in my opinion, to the top three of last year's class. And that was Icky, that was Evan Neal, that was Charles Cross. They're, mm-hmm. they, the top of the draft at the tackle was heavier, but I think the middle of this draft and the later of this draft is a lot better. There's a lot more depth. Um, in this draft, you can, you definitely, in this draft, you definitely could get a guy in the second, third, fourth round who could pay dividends. Listen, are you going to, are, are they going to be guaranteed plug and pe- play all pros? No, but you, we don't know that you're going to get that at 13 either. You know what I mean? So I, I think the depth in this tackle class is a lot better than people are letting on to. Um, and, and the Shrine Bowl showed it, you know, because their, their standouts over there were all along the offensive line. And, mm-hmm. you know, the Senior Bowl showed it as well. So. Completely, completely agree, Domsey. Uh, let's see. We got, uh, who we got? We got Jet Mike coming in, joining. Oh, Jet Mike, how you doing tonight? Hey, guys. Now, I want to talk about the value of Rodgers and his pick, meaning mm-hmm. he has the power to choose a team and dictate value. Now, if he slims his teams to only one choice, then the team doesn't have to trade so much. Talk to me. So he, so here's the issue. He doesn't have a no trade clause, so it's not a full uh, okay. uh, control of where he wants yeah. to go. I think they will. They're not going to ship him off to like the frozen tundra, and he's just going to be like you know forgotten about. He's well, going go to go to a, a good quality team. Um, it's going to be an AFC team that we. That's kind of what we've heard as well. 
Um, the leverage that Rodgers has is his ability to retire. The issue for me is that I, I brought it up before. He's made $300 million in his career, and he's set to make $110 million guaranteed over the next two. So I don't think he's going to retire, which would be his only leverage. Uh, not to mention Brady just retired. I don't think he wants to share a stage with right. Brady going into Canton. Right. So I think more so than not, you could almost gamble. Like I think you could almost risk – if you think you could pull off a trade without Rodgers – making a decision and you can have the conditional pick for like next year you might be able to make a trade for rogers knowing that he's probably not going to retire with all that money on the table That's now weird. i also wanted to talk about the talent that the jets have over the raiders i mean it's clearly a better offensive line clearly defense mm -hmm. tell me why it makes any sense that aaron Rodgers would go to the raiders over the jets two reasons 11. can i take this one go for sure. it it's all you Two reasons, I think. One, taxes, ta you know, okay. income tax. Two, Devontae Adams. So he doesn't there, want to there, win. There's well, listen, I, 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 I don't know if that's the case. Um, but, you know, if you're talking about the two biggest factors that the Raiders have over the Jets, by far, I think those are the two. I don't think they're the most important two, but those are two reasons that you could see swaying Aaron Rodgers to go towards um, Las Vegas. Yeah, I completely I agree. I would, I would, I would say that's definitely the, the two reasons. I would, the other one I would even throw in there is Rodgers is a West Coast guy. He, I don't know how much yeah. he actually wants to be on the East Coast, and I think that also plays a factor in this. Let's see how much he wants to win. Right? That's what it's going to be. I mean, he took $50 million a year when he said he wanted to win, and he made it so they couldn't put any talent around him. So I, I don't know. I, dude wants to get paid. I understand wanting to get paid. But when he wants the Brady treatment at the end of his career, he's got to take a little bit less to build the team yeah. around him. I yeah, don't know. He, he said has, he would take he a pay cut. Yeah, yeah right? Well, did, the nice thing is his cap hits are not bad, like Don was yeah. saying earlier. Yeah, and he did say, I mean, there was times in interviews on, on McAfee or, or whatnot where, you know, he did pay the Jets a pound of compliments. You know, I don't know. I don't think that was just, you know, mm -hmm. chitter chatter. I think he really meant what he said, that the Jets are doing things right. They're not the same old Jets, this and that. You know, so now it's time to put your money where your mouth is, Aaron. Let's go, bud. <laughs> I figured out why my timer was doing that. Chicken going across the screen right now. <laughs> Boom, you're out of here, Jet Mike. Uh, I had my Mike. countdown timer triggering the next scene, and I was trying to figure out why that was doing it, and it it all made sense now. Uh, all right, we got uh, Peter Chestnut joining the stream. Peter, how you doing tonight? Peter, you got yourself muted. Can you hear me? Peter, Maybe. try giving me another call back in, and I'll, I'll pick up for you. Um, all right, let's go to Sonny in Long Island. Sonny, how you doing tonight? Hey, Ryan. How you doing? Again, a huge fan of the show. Uh, just, just wanted to state a couple of things here. There's whole bunch of uh, fans that are afraid about giving up draft capital for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, mm -hmm. I get it. He, you know, the, the, it's a valuable thing to have a first-round pick. If you don't have a quarterback, who cares if you went out and drafted another great receiver in the first round? Or if you want to draft an offensive lineman with, with that uh, first-round pick, who's he going to protect? There's, there's no QB. Uh, I, I think we shouldn't make such a big deal 
about draft capital at this point. We've missed the playoffs for 12 years. We've had miserable quarterback play. We haven't had a guy to throw 10 touchdowns in the last few years. I mean, that's, you know. There's a Four lot years of ago was the last time down. that was done. Well, <laughs> Sam yeah, Arnold. There's so a bad. lot of fans. So bad. Right. There's so many fans that are upset about the six-game losing streak. Mm-hmm. I'm still amazed that we were able to get the seven wins with no QB. <laughs> it's crazy I, I think to think that Garrett Wilson had the season roster. he had with with no quarterback yeah. in the middle of the season. Yeah, with no one throwing him the ball. I think they they need to fork over their first round this year. And mm-hmm. this is how desperate I am as a fan. Mm-hmm. I'd be willing to part with two first rounders if it gets mm-hmm. me Rodgers here for two years. We'll have a chance at, at really competing and, and having a, a big playoff run. There's a chance you, you'll be competing for the division with a, with a guy like Rodgers on your team. Uh, I know there's holes on the team and they're not perfect, but he makes your offensive line better as soon as he steps on the field. Uh, you oh, know, yeah, it's, absolutely. It's just, yeah, I mean, you talk about Rodgers coming in here. I, I'm with you. If you can give me Rodgers for two years, like let's say the trade for Rodgers is a first this year and a conditional first just based on him playing next season. All right. in on it. 100% Absolute. golden for Absolute. it. Don't care. If a 50, if, if, if good GMs hit on 50% of their first round picks. Douglas is higher than that right now, so you would potentially be giving up You know, maybe a, a good player. But the quarterback is just so drastically important that, that it would change the entire landscape of this entire team. Let yeah, me throw you a curveball for a second if I can, guys. Mm-hmm. Just a yeah, random sure. question. Do the Dolphins have, have money to sign Rodgers or, or first-round picks to give up? No. Okay. No, the Dolphins well, really won't be to able to. That. Yeah, I'm glad they to hear neither. that. Yeah. Right. Uh, that would be an attractive situation, but if they're not in position to land them, I'm happy about that. It's always a good thing. Sonny, thank you so much for the call. You have been ejected from the cockpit. And one, Don, one thing Sonny said, yeah, one thing Sonny say. said that that I really liked, like I'm all in. Uh, you know, if it's if it's two unconditional firsts and I'm gonna get two years out of Rogers, sign me up. All right. Um, without a doubt, wholeheartedly, that's that's what I feel. Um, because it shows that, you know, it, it really it really depends on it's gonna show the hootspah that Joe Douglas has. Does he really think that we are win now? Because if we're win now, the draft capital, it, the the value of the draft capital just goes lower, right? You know, mm-hmm. draft capital is good. And as fans, we don't want to we don't want to get rid of it. You know, we want to play Joe Douglas and, and tell Green Bay, no, you can't have a first, but I'll give you a conditional fourth and a seventh. Like we're dealing for James Robinson or something over here. You know, we're dealing for the position that has haunted us for the past umpteen years. You know, you go and you get it right. And um, if you're a win now team, the draft the draft picks that capital doesn't hold the same value as if you're the Houston Texans or or Chicago or somebody where you're rebuilding and that capital means your future. You know, we're not think we're not thinking five years down the road now when these first round picks are going to be coming up for a second contract. We're thinking about win right now. I completely agree. The draft capital is totally different than what it's been the last few years. Uh, Jet Engine drops in. He gifted a membership to the channel. Thank you, Jet Engine. And it was Hennessy Heisman that picked up the gifted membership. So thank you. Of course, drop some JETS in the chat if you're a member of the channel. 
uh, boys and girls. We've got DC joining the channel, and then we're going to jump over to Thomas Cahill's Super Chat. Then we got Peter, uh, or actually, sorry, I got Peter. Then I got DC, V-Man, and then Fabian uh, coming up. So, Peter, you're up next. Peter, welcome to the channel. Hey, how's it going, Ryan? How's it going, Dom? What's up, Peter? I noticed when I, I, noticed when I called back in, you guys were louder, so I was like, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> it's probably so, like something like a speakerphone or like Bluetooth device or something. I took it off Bluetooth when I parked my truck. Again, I'm on the emergency side of the highway, <laughs> so I don't get hit. But, oh, uh, Be safe out there. I, wanted, I definitely wanted to talk because Dom is here. Dom seems like he is more about um, like players and skill and stuff that goes into it and not stats at the end of it. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing a lot of people keep saying to cut uh, Carl Lawson. He's not a $15 million player. With the mm-hmm. injury that he had, he he had a phenomenal year considering that injury. If you look at the history in the NFL of people coming off the Achilles, it's the year after that they are back to normal. And I think that he should be like Mosey where you extend him like a year or two to put some of his money back and you keep him because he's also a leader on the field. He's, he's been helping the young guys on a defensive line. And if you look at the, um, the highlight reel that the Jets – put out themselves of Quinn and Williams look at that and like search who's next to him in most of those plays and it's Carl Lawson he might not be getting a sack but he's disruptive and I'm thinking that this year coming up a year removed from his Achilles injury he's going to be a lot uh, a lot better so Don what do you think uh I I agree with the sentiment that you said that the Achilles injury is for sure um, it's usually year two and forward where you really see the person, um, you know, get back or the player get back to their 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 peak playing level. So there's definite truth behind that. Um, I'm a definite Carl Lawson fan. Uh, I would love to have him on the team. Realistically, though, again, I, I sound like a broken record. We're going this 2023 bringing in a quarterback is going to come down to a money game. So um, you just with the depth that we've had built at defensive line and the flexibility that we have along the defensive line on top of that, with the edge class in this year's draft being extremely deep. Um, I, I haven't figured out a way how to justify a Carl Lawson at its current contract. You know, well, that's if what you, I'm saying. You go, yeah, you go you to him you and you go to Mosley and you say, Hey, we'll give you two more years of like, mm-hmm. you know, fake money just so we can stretch it out so that we have your leadership here. And we have, you know, we have you still on the team, both of them. Both of those guys, I think. I think CJ, they restructure. I do think CJ winds up coming back. Like, if we get Rodgers for two years, I think Mosley definitely stays for the two restructures, and we wind up getting our linebackers back. Lawson, to me, I I think, like Dom said, is just purely a money game for me. I like the person that Lawson is. I like the player that Lawson is. I think he can provide some really great... uh, you know, veteran presence for us as well. But I think it's just, you saw what we got with JJ. You saw what we got with Clemens. You saw what we got with John Franklin Myers and you saw what we got with Huff. And with those four, I just think they've earned a bunch of playing time. And, Look at and the it's highlights. More, so, so, oh, someone, someone's going to get a really good, you know, edge rusher in Carl Lawson. Like if there's a way where you could somehow retain him and just have a plethora, I mean, we're looking at Philly right now, just a rotation of just lethal pass rushers. Mm-hmm. It'd be cool. I just I don't know if you could do it and get the quarterback. That would be my concern. I think they have a they have an array of lethal pass rushers who all are are, are not just on rookie contracts because their quarterback is on a rookie contract. Again, so is ours. 
So well, ours right now. <laughs> He's not wrong. Yeah, for 22 it was. They got two. Gardner Minshew's on a rookie contract, too. Right. Uh, Peter Chestnut, great question. You have been ejected. Get home safe, brother. Uh, all right. Uh, let me jump over to some Super Chats real quick. Jet Engine, I saw, I see you in the chat, uh, so I'm glad you got that, so I'm not going to throw that one up on the screen. Uh, Thomas Cahill, uh, Dom, T. Spears, and should we take a running back in the later rounds? Um, I don't want to take a running back at all. Brees Hall, Bam Knight, Michael Carter, those are my three, and if I need someone else, undrafted free agency. Yeah, so... Um I'll answer the first part of the question. Tajay Spears was was awesome during the week of um, during during the week of the combine. He was the running back that stood out head and shoulders above everyone during the week of practice, you know. And then um, you know there was some other guys, uh, Chase Brown and and Eric Gray and, and the kid from Northwestern really stuck out in the game more so than Tajay Spears. Um, but Spears is, is I see him as really like a, a your ideal prototypical third down running back in the NFL. You know, he's got some, you know, he, he's got some receiving chops on him. He's got enough hustle where he can get up in line. He's not the biggest. He's, you know, he's not the, he's not the biggest. He's not the strongest. Um, I don't think he's going to do a lot of damage in the NFL in between the tackles, you know, but you know, you, you said, you know, he can fit an outside zone where he can just plant and cut and get north and south real good. He's uh, super, you know, super scat back like, you know, real shifty. You know, I'm sure everyone has seen the the highlight of him running pass. Um, maybe you didn't see it, Ryan, or maybe it did when he's mm -hmm. running pass patterns against uh, Servassier Dennis. And he just ducks I don't know if I saw that one. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's dope. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. So, so that's the kind of guy he is. Um, He's going to make an NFL team. He's he's draftable. I don't mm. think that I don't think that the Jets really kind of ventured down the road of running backs. Now, you know, I like the guys that Ryan talked about. I'd also bring back James Robinson. Again, mm. coming back now, it will be in year two post Achilles injury. So I think James And it's a Robinson, restricted free agent tender too, so it's a lot yeah. cheaper to bring him back. Yeah. So I, I would I would bring James Robinson back into the fold and and probably if I had to say goodbye to Ty Johnson, you know, and just not resign him. And then you have mm. a stable of four guys. Um mm. you're gonna need a stable of four guys because Brees Hall is probably gonna be pup listed for the first six games. That's my guess. Mm. Um so then you have those three and you run it back right now with Michael Carter and um, James Robinson and uh, Bam Knight and until Brees is healthy. Hell yeah. I love it. Yeah. Uh, all right. We got DC joining us. DC, welcome to the cockpit. How you guys doing tonight? Good, man. Hanging yep. in there. What's on your mind, brother? I got a draft question for both of you. All right, shoot. We get Rodgers. Mm -hmm. Don't lose 13. The two top linebackers in this year's draft one of the two, either Sewell or Simpson, are sitting there at 13. Do you mm -hmm. snatch the top, one of the top two linebackers off the board? Did we solve tackle? Second or round. are all three tackles gone? All three of the top three are gone. Okay, top three are gone. We got linebackers on the board. At that point... There's a few options that I think I'm looking at. I, linebacker, I think you could consider if you fall in love with one of them. Um, if you like the top safety, you could look that. I would. I might lean, if we didn't go receiver, I might lean a big-bodied receiver early in this draft. Give me five years of control because Elijah Moore is only going to be on this team for two more seasons. 
And Denzel Mims probably is not on this team after this year, if I had to guess. So I might lean receiver before linebacker because I think you can get some good linebackers in the middle rounds. Dom, where do you fall on this? Um, well, to, I don't – first off, I don't take linebacker at 13. That's mm-hmm. just not for, – for me, it's not an option. I, I really – I don't think um, – I don't have a first-round grade on any off-ball linebacker. Um, in mm-hmm. this class, you know, Simpson is the name that gets bu- the most buzz. Um, I don't have a first round grade on him. I think this year's tape where he moved out from that that big nickel or that rover position that he played in 21 to a true off ball linebacker like a Sam or Will, depending on the setup, he played both um, mm-hmm. his he, his play and, and his stats and his play just went dipped. Now, the guy's an athletic freak, you know, and people always will bet on the athletic upside. Um, mm. But, you know, I, I I can only go by what I saw. And uh, he's not a guy that I have a first-round grade on. My favorite linebacker in the class is Drew Sanders, kid from mm. Arkansas. He's a, he's a big body. He's started, one of my favorites, too. Yeah, started his, career in Alabama, started his career in Alabama and, um, you know, was kind of like a part-time situational pass rusher, outside linebacker for them, moved back to Arkansas, moved back into a true um, – Sam linebacker role and, and really excelled. Um, he's my favorite linebacker, and 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 I don't think he's. I just don't think that thirteen is a place to go linebacker. I think the talent. Um, there's so much talent at other positions that I would take before a linebacker at thirteen. Now, if you BC, trade you back ten more seconds, if you <laughs> if you trade back and you want to take them in the low in the twenties, then maybe. I love it, DC. Thank you so much for the call, brother. You've been ejected from the cockpit. Uh, all right, we've got V-Man joining the channel. V-Man, how you doing tonight? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Not too bad. I just want to let the chat know we got Jet Engine and then Fabian coming up next. We've got two guys on deck. All right, V-Man, fire away. What's on your mind? Well, the thing is, I've seen a lot of people worried about the Aaron Rodgers, the Raiders buzz that was happening over this weekend. I mean, oh, yeah, the panic of, oh, he's, gonna, he's buying a house in my neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah, to me, um, I don't see it because unlike the Raiders, I think the Jets offer Rodgers the path of least resistance, if you know what mm. I mean. Well, I think the nice thing about Rodgers coming here is he knows Nathaniel Hackett. He can be the de facto offensive coordinator, Rodgers meaning, where if you bring Rodgers to Vegas, McDaniels and him, I feel like are going to be bumping heads nonstop. Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, V-Man, we got you. Oh, we don't got you. <laughs> V-Man just got booted. Uh, all right, we're going to go to Jet Engine. Jet Engine, welcome to the cockpit. Hey, what's up, Ryan? How you guys doing? Good, hanging Jet. in there. Yeah. yeah, hanging in there, man. Just changed jobs, uh, moved, and nice. uh, just chilled out. Watched the rocket take off here from Cape Canaveral. Amazing. I was going to say, I see that, uh, that cage you got behind you. You got one of those. Uh, you're in Florida, my friend, with the pool. Yes, I am. Um, so anyway, <laughs> here's the here's the thing. Very short and sweet, mm-hmm. as usual for me. Number mm-hmm. one, guys, I don't know who's talking about it. Sign Quinn and Williams. Shut up. Mm-hmm. Sign the guy. If it costs it costs you money to have talent. Number one, it mm-hmm. is not your money. Number two, number three, every agent in the league is going to look at how the Jets are treating their superstar players. Mm-hmm. Get your stuff together. Sign the man. Come on. Anyway. The other thing is, as far as quarterback goes, Carr, fantastic. Rodgers, fantastic. 
Some of the other guys, not so fantastic, but you know what? <laughs> really freaking good. We've had mm-hmm. garbage for so long. We just need to have people who play professional football to go with our defense. Anything else is nonsense. Yeah. Um, Draft-wise, mm-hmm. regardless of who you're going to pick up as quarterback, fix mm-hmm. the line. The line mm-hmm. is not fixed. AVT is coming back. Great. Center, mm-hmm. he's mediocre. He's good. You know, he, he is what who he is. We have other mm-hmm. problems. Fix that. We have plenty of weapons. If we want to pick another weapon up later, that's fine. Don't do it at 13. Anyway, mm-hmm. we have a lot of options. We're not so stupid, I hope. And uh, <laughs> the biggest thing is don't be stupid with the quarterback stuff. Mm-hmm. Get either guy anybody who tells you that car cannot bring you to a super bowl is a Mm -hmm. freaking idiot Mm -hmm. because neither could vinnie testaverde neither could brad johnson neither could ryan what's the guy's name falls don't screw up and they're gonna be fantastic right Mm-hmm. So that's all I got to say. You don't have to catapult me. I'll see you later, Ryan. Be well. <laughs> Take it so easy, long. brother. You're still getting the chicken either way. You get the You're you get the treatment. Here. All right. So I want to I want to talk about real quick. He he mentioned uh, the quitting contract and and mm-hmm. just pay the guy. I'm gonna play devil's advocate here, and I know I'm gonna get a bunch of people fired up at me for this because everyone just wants to pay your your good guys, and I I understand that thought process. Now, if you're Joe Douglas and you're sitting here and this year. You need to figure out, okay, we just need to we need to win. I need to use all my cap space. And it's not necessarily that your cap is hitting this year with Quinnen, but it might hit next year's cap. And it might hit the year after that's cap. And that's money that you could push off for other players to try and make you have a Super Bowl push this year. So that would be the argument maybe for not doing Quinnen right now. The other part of this is if Douglas thinks he's going to be here a long time. Well, I should, I guess the, the flip, side, flip side of that coin is he might say, I'm not going to be here to worry about the cap in the next few years. I might as well sign Quinn anyway and just say, forget it. So like, that's, that's certainly a possibility as well. The other side of this is we have a lot of really, really good young talent, especially talent that's in the first round. And you know, every single one of those guys, when their contract gets up year four, guess what? I want to get paid. I want to have that right now. You are setting a precedent that you will work on contracts a year earlier. Now I want to make sure we focus this on we will give you a contract when you have earned it. Quentin Williams has himself a great season last year. We now give him the contract, and then we just you know adjust the cap hits to be a little bit later and yeah. whatnot. But do you think that could be an issue? You know, as far as maybe Douglas's potential panic to have to get a uh, you know a quarterback and use the cap space a little differently. Well, I, I think I, I really like the point that you made in regard to not setting a precedent. I'm not going to say I necessarily mm-hmm. agree with it, but it, it's a point mm-hmm. that's valid and makes sense. Right. You're going to have three guys that are going to be, you know, um, two years, two years from now, you might have to consider, you know, uh, getting them ready. Or AVT is what next year? No, AVT AVT will be after next year is his third year. So, yeah, his fourth year. The nice thing is all their big money. If we get Rogers, all their big money hits after 2025 when Rogers cap hit hits. You're probably with Rogers only losing Becton and more. Yeah. So. You know, if if Rodgers comes in or or quarterback of your choice, I'm, I'm not going to keep saying Rodgers, whatever quarterback you bring in mm. comes in this year and just say you allot 
35 million to him. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm using a 30, 35 yeah. million, whatever. Quinnen's what, 9, 5, 10 million this year on, mm-hmm. on the fifth year? Um, I, I think restructuring him and saying, all right, Quinnen, listen, we're going to give you, you know, we'll give you the $23 million a year. You want four years, you know, mm-hmm. but. I need you to backload this. I need the space this year, you know. So we're gonna give, mm. we're gonna count you a million this year. That's gonna take eight million dollars more that we can throw at Rogers, or we can throw at, you know, you know Rogers cronies that he brings in from Green Bay, whomever. You know what I mean? So I, yeah. I, I think that I think in that sense, I think reach or making securing the deal with Quinnen um, will happen or make sense for that reason alone because it, it can help you adjust and free up now. By the time the money, the real money kicks in, and you got to start paying AVT, and you got to start mm. paying Sauce, and you got to start paying all these mm. other guys, like I said, the Rodgers thing is going to be long, long gone, or, mm. or the quarterback will be long gone, probably. Yeah, and the interesting issue I think with um, with Quinnen and the leverage that Douglas has is, hey, look, Quinnen, you got to know nine point five million this year. If I tag you next year. It's it's roughly eighteen or nineteen million. If I tag you the year after that, it's one hundred and twenty percent of the last tag, which gives you twenty three million for that year. For an average of seventeen million dollars over these next three years, it'll be seventeen, seventeen, seventeen over the course of the next three years. So I don't have to give you more than that. I'll give you four years, twenty two million dollars a year. You'll be the second highest paid defensive tackle. I do right by you. You do right by me by not coming after me for like twenty five, twenty eight million dollars. Like if he's looking for Aaron Donald money, dude's getting tagged. No way yeah. is uh, – du- I don't think Douglas goes above 22 based on the leverage he has right now. Yeah, and, and Douglas doesn't seem one to veer far off of what he deems fair market value. You know, mm-hmm. I, I haven't seen – outside of the Gerard Davis one-year contract, I haven't seen Douglas overpay anybody or yeah. over or, or over contract, like give him a long-term deal. You know, yeah. like, like he's, he's kind of tight with that part. We've got Fabian joining us. Fabian, uh, welcome to the cockpit. Then Jersey and V-Man. I'll get to your Super Chats in just a second. But Fabian, welcome to the cockpit. Hey, hey guys. What's up? What's up, Don? What's up, Ryan? How's it going? Fabian? How are you, man? Hanging in there. Hanging good, in there. Good. What's on your mind? Um, to piggyback off of that, also, you signed Quinton Williams now. The way the mm-hmm. NFL is blowing up, that salary cap just seems like it's going to creep up every year. The, the, the NFL is mm-hmm. a monster. So in two years, it might not be as – a big percentage of your salary cap then it would be this year. So we have that Perfectly to look said. I to. think the I think the new TV contract hits next year. I think that's when that yes. salary cap hits, and it could be enormous. It could be enormous. So who knows? Maybe we'll get a good deal. It might not look mm-hmm. at it if he signs it. But um, I have a question. I It's weird. I understand what scares me about Aaron Rodgers, not about getting him. I want him bad. Um, mm-hmm. The chances they're not some, and I understand they leaked out information say they want him to the AFC. But to me, if Aaron Rodgers only playing two years, and a team like Carolina says, "Listen, we're going to give you a better deal," I don't think the pack the Packers aren't going to do anything next year anyway because they're going to have to take the hit and Julian Love. I'm afraid that NFC team might actually scoop up. I, if he was younger, I would say, "Yeah, they're not training him in the NFC." But as long as they're not training him in the division, I'm like. The Packers know they're not going if they if they could get a better deal. If it's the same deal, obviously they would rather get him at a conference. So I don't know what you yeah. guys think about that. Well, that's the interesting thing, right? And like like what NFC team would offer a better contract than than us? I mean, better, or not not contract, offer, but offer mean? a better package, better, a better, better offer. offer. Yeah. You're, you're talking Carolina, Atlanta, 
Tampa. Uh, I think New. I think New Orleans. I, well, Tampa's yeah. behind us. I think because they won well, their so division. Is, so is New Orleans. New Orleans has. Is New Orleans behind us? New Orleans. Yeah, Philly has. Yeah. Oh, they traded. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So you're talking. So real realistically, uh, New Orleans is not in play. Well, if you're talking uh, about first round capital for this year, you're right. But what if yeah. it's players? But just well, generally know, there could speaking, be, there could be other things. Yeah, there could be players. yeah. I mean, it, if there's if there's players that they want, and they're going to send like a Kamara or something along, I my friend was making this argument too. Like, why would the Packers cut themselves off and not take an NFC trade when there's only two years of Rodgers anyway? And I, I tend yeah. to agree with that line of thinking. My only thing is. LaFleur may not have more than two years. And if he looks bad against an Aaron Rodgers and loses in the playoffs because he gave up on him, like, you know, maybe that's the, you know, get out of here. That's true. I don't know. Listen, yeah, I think yeah, Carolina, yeah. you mentioned Carolina, and, and I, I never thought about it, but, like, what a perfect ideal situation that would be for Aaron Rodgers to walk into. The yeah, NFC, I'm thinking Cargo's there. The NFC South is awful. They need a quarterback. They got an offensive-minded coach in Frank Reich. Mm-hmm. They got a kick-ass defense. Um mm-hmm. You know? So, go ahead, give it. me the chicken. You get the chicken. <laughs> Boom, baby, you're out of here. <laughs> oh, I love that chicken. Uh, all right, I got Carson and then Chris next, but let me just throw up some super chats that we had in here. Uh, Jersey Abrahams says, my choice is car because Rogers is a lying sack of federal uh, and I <laughs> wouldn't waste time with him. Brissette is next. Uh, would you draft Hooker or DeWand at 13? Uh, no, I'm not going to take DeWand at 13 because big tackles scare me at the 13th pick or the 11th pick or whatever at this point. I'm, I'm traumatized <laughs> from the Mackay Becton pick. Um, no, I just don't think he's that high. And and uh, Herndon Hooker, Hendon I think, Hooker. is who he's talking about. Hendon, uh, yeah. Hendon yeah. Hooker, yeah. I'm not, not touching him with a 10-foot pole. He's, what, 24 years old, Dom? Is that right? Hendon, Hook, Hendon Hooker's 24 years old right now. He'll be yeah. 25 come April. Um, Hendon Hooker's also coming off of an ACL tear, which he's mm. not going to play this year. So at that point, you're banking on a 26-year-old quarterback who um, – Coming off a knee injury. Co- coming coming <laughs> off of a knee injury who is known for his mobility you know, and, and mm. played in an offense at Tennessee that doesn't translate very well to – a true NFL scheme. So there, I mean, I'm not doubt the kid's talented, um, mm-hmm. but there's too many red flags for me to, and, and forget about it. At 13. There's too many red flags for me to, to take before day three. Yeah. I was gonna say, I don't think I'd take hooker. I honestly, it might be at all. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I really like the top five quarterbacks. I would say as low as McKee. I like Tanner McKee. I like Richardson, not for the Jets, but for for some other teams. Like I think if you're going to have a, a guy that can start in place for those two guys, I think they would be really interesting. But I don't think the Jets should be looking at at either of those players at number thirteen. Uh, v Man drops in. V Man says, "Can I call back? Drive through a dead zone? Yeah, you can call back as long as it's before ten o'clock, and I uh, I'm not done." Uh, <laughs> Richard Delgado celebrates 25 months of membership. What's up, Richard? Uh, he says, Broncos country, let's ride. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah, I don't want that kind of situation, right? Like, I don't want Aaron Rodgers coming here and saying, let's discount, double check, I'll tell you what. And then, like, all of a sudden, like, <laughs> shit goes sideways, and now yeah. we're bottoming out. And don't want that. Don't want that. Oh, man. 
Whatever. All right, who we got? We got uh, we got Carson in the chat. Carson, welcome back to the cockpit. How you doing tonight? Good afternoon, Dom. Hey, Carson, what's up, dude? I think Ryan what's just booted on? you already. I know, I'm <laughs> shooting the chicken out all over the place. That was a premature ejaculation. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, good afternoon, gentlemen. So, um, really quickly... Um, we, we've seen from the Joe Douglas tenure that he is not the one, like Dom said, to overpay for players. He kind of bargained bin hunts and stuff. You know, he's a very good. He's very good at that. Um, why are we settling on Derek Carr? He's not a good quarterback. Is <laughs> he's, he's 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 a mediocre at best quarterback with a good so offensive let's say line. De- like, well, yeah, let's say you don't know about Rodgers. If you don't know about yeah. Rodgers, are you? gonna try and trade for him without knowing that he's gonna come back i I think you could i think there's an argument for that and then if it's not rogers what do you do well i keep my i keep my uh ears perked for lamar jackson because they're a hundred million dollars apart they're not even close yeah so that's what i've heard that was that was from that dov kleiman friggin twitter i don't know i don't know if dov kleiman's even like a legitimate source i think he's i think he's a former patriot I heard, I, heard 80, like I heard I heard 80, 80 to one hundred million dollars apart for Lamar Jackson, I, and and if that is the case, that's probably two years. It's probably I, I bet it's like a years thing. It's probably like hey, probably. we'll give you three. We'll probably. give you like the next three franchise tags fully guaranteed. That's if, probably the if, deal they're working on. If if Lamar is UFA, I think the Jets should go all out. Number one, if if he gets there, he should, they should go all out with the youth and everything like that. I, mm. I, him in New York, the draw, it it, it would be electric. Mm-hmm. I would take Rogers second, just because he's Aaron freaking Rogers, and mm-hmm. I would take Derek Carr third. And it's a close with Jacoby Brissett. I don't think Brissett's as bad as a quarterback as people presume he is. He's no, I, no, I don't think he is either. I I like Brissett, but if we have to use him as our quarterback for twenty twenty three, something went really really yeah, wrong. Yeah, I get it. I, I, I get it. I, I get it. And I would, I would say I'm probably on a similar wavelength. If I felt I could get. Lamar from I, I would probably put Rogers first still because it allows you to kind of see what you have in your already acquired assets in, in Zach Wilson. But I would yep. put Lamar as two over Carr, I think, at this point. I do think the I don't think the injuries are as big of a problem as a lot of people make right. out. Um I just I don't know how you make his contract work. That's the biggest like it's gonna have yeah. to be like a 10 year contract so you can stretch out some of those cap hits. It's gonna right. be absolutely enormous. Now I have a question. That's my feel of him. I have a question for Dom. Um, Really quickly, um, it's kind of a two-parter. Do you think John Franklin Myers is overpaid for his contract? Because I do. And number two is I I called Ryan last week on the show, and we discussed kind of – last year we discussed Kyle Hamilton. I was big on Kyle Hamilton. We had heated Mm -hmm. discussions about him. Um, Free safety is a big need for this team. It it is. Um, It is. Is Brian Branch – a target at 13 if he gets there good good question um yeah. i'll answer i'll answer the first part first um but you you gotta have to listen afterwards because i think ryan's gonna boot sure. You. Um, sure i don't <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll hold on to it yeah you got okay. a little bit of time we got chris and v-man after you but I'll, I'll let you let dom finish his thought so i don't think john franklin myers is overpaid per se um i think realistically this is probably the last year that we're going to see John Franklin Myers because I believe it's next year 
you can get out of his contract almost scot free. Probably pick up, you know, 13, 14, 15 million dollars with 13 uh, and a half. Yeah. That, see? Almost spot on. And with, with a very low or, or, or no, a very limited dead cap hit. Right. 800,000. Yeah. So, so this year, you know, what's he getting? 12. Right. It's 11, 11. He, I think. So, so he's getting 12, four is what his cap hit is. He's actually getting 11, four this yeah. year. Um, but I think what you'd probably realistically want to do is if you wind up getting Aaron Rodgers, I would restructure John Franklin Myers and keep him on the team the next two years and drop his cap hit a little bit lower, extending his guaranteed money out. If he'd take it, I, I think if you get Rodgers, that allows you to do that with Mosley and JFM. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's overpaid. Um, I, th- uh, but let me, l- I don't think ooh, he's ooh. long for the jets either. Watch this, check this out. So I have the, um, over the cap has a really cool tool that I never really see anyone use, but I, I like using it. So let me see if I could pull it up real fast. Yeah. While you do, um, bam. Oh, oh, you got that over yeah. the cap valuation. So his average annual salary per year is thirteen point seven million based on his contract. His over the cap valuation based on his performance this year, he should have been paid nine point three. So technically, over the cap is saying he is overpaid. What's cool is you can scroll down here and ah, oh, rats. How do I get down there? All right, hold on. Let me scroll this up. Oh, this is and you can actually see you can see his valuation uh, on week. a. Per week basis, yeah. yeah. So you can see roughly where he ranks. So that green line is the money that he is uh, getting paid. Mm-hmm. I believe that's what that was. I think is that right? Green line uh, average per year. Yes, that's his average per year. The red line is. Uh, cash that is due to the player in the next season. So he's due to make $12 million or $11 million. That's what the red line is. So basically, over the cap actually is saying that John Franklin Myers is overpaid, um, which is funny because I wouldn't have necessarily thought this before looking yeah. at this page. <laughs> he, just looks, he just looks unimpactful on the field. He just doesn't look impactful at all, ever. <laughs> I, see, I, don't worry, I, I beg to differ on that. I, 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 I respectfully disagree. I think he's one of the guys is kind of the glue to this defense. You know, he might not make, he might not be the flashiest or, or, mm-hmm. you know, might not, you know, be in, he's probably never going to be, you know, up in the top five in the league in sacks and so on and so mm-hmm. forth. But, but what he does, like the little things that he does, the way he can set the edge and, and hold the run, um, when not he's to mention on he's flexible. Outside. You're you might be losing Sheldon yeah. Rankins if you can kick JFM inside. I like him, Carson. Yeah. You're out of here. You're out of here, <laughs> Carson. I do want to answer your question about Brian Branch though, because I think it's a I think it's a fair one and it's a name that a lot of people know. I personally um, am absolutely in love with the the prospect. He's in he's in my top five overall prospects. Um, he's a very versatile uh, player. Could he play free safety? He absolutely could. Um, do I think he's going to be a free safety at the next level? I don't. I think he's so he he does such good work in and around the line of scrimmage. You know that um, that he'll probably you know he'll probably either gravitate towards uh, what we know as uh, you know that I hate to label it strong, but a box safety, or mm. even even uh, more so as a slot nickel as a slot nickel back who does a lot of work 
rushing and, and, and blitzing and so on and so forth. But the the kid is just a football player. He's he's outstanding. I would love the Jets, he's worth the thirteen pick, but I don't think the Jets are gonna take him at thirteen as much as I would love to have him. I love it. Welcome, Chris. Welcome to the cockpit. Yeah, how you doing, guys? Um, so I am not a Jets fan. I am a Giants fan, but my father was a diehard Jets fan, uh-huh. and uh, I, I I keep seeing the same thing from the Jets constantly. Always defense, 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 and they have a top five defense in the league. But when are they mm-hmm. going to go out and get the explosive offense that they need to? Have that defense with like I think Garrett Wilson's going to be a beast. I mean, Brees Hall, mm. we don't really know going to be since he got hurt, but it seems to mm. always be defense first, defense first, and it doesn't really work because it's an offensive league. They're mm. going to need to go out and get some savages on offense to to match with that defense. I mean, no mm. doubt the defense is great, but the offense is going to keep sputtering until they go mm. out and get the pieces they need. And it's always the same story with the Jets first round defensive mm. line. A nose tackle, this, that, the other, cornerback. But then what are they going to do on offense? I mean, because they're not really setting the quarterback. I'm not saying that Zach Wilson is going to be anything special, but they're not really setting up for success with – I mean, uh, like I said, Garrett Wilson is going to be great, but I'm most likely going to be great. But what are they really doing aside from the one receiver? That, I mean, what is he supposed to do with just one person? So I completely understand where you're coming from. And from – I don't know how many Jet games you, you do watch, um, but the there's a lot of hope for for the Jets right now on the offensive side of the ball. And a lot of the issues we believe are stemming from quarterback. Uh, so, so Dom talking about Brian Branch and the safety in round one is more so – uh, being talked about because the top three offensive tackles may wind up going before the Jets pick at 13. Um, right. And that's really where you're going to go. The Jets are not going to draft a quarterback early this year because Salah and Douglas are on the hot seat. So right. we're assuming we're going after the the quarterback in free agency, whether that be Derek Carr, whether that be Lamar Jackson, whether that be Aaron Rodgers, you know, via trade, you know, for those last two. Um, right. The Jets, you would assume, since we have not had a quarterback throw over 10 touchdowns in f- like since four years ago, just adding Aaron Rodgers in a bad year with a broken thumb would almost set our passing records for a franchise. Like I, We really think a lot of that, especially if you score points, your pass rush can now pass rush the other team. If we're not scoring points, the other team's running on us. We can't even use our pass rushers, and we can't use the, the guys that we have in our secondary that can ball hawk. We saw that at the beginning of last year, and once the offense kind of trickled off without Brees Hall, that's when you started seeing our defense start to cripple, and I think it's based on offensive firepower, like you're kind of alluding to, Chris. But don't, don't you need that body? Don't you need to go out and get the kid from Tennessee or go out and get try to get that kid – uh, to get the kid from Ohio State, uh, you know, whatever your draft position is, don't you have to go out and get one of those guys to give you a, a valuable number two? Because I don't think Elijah Moore is – I mean, he'll be a slot receiver, but you need a body, you need a toll. Well, so, so let's break it down like this, right? Like if you're if you're calling the play and you have to decide what you're going to do as far as where it's going to go, I would say Garrett Wilson's one. I do right. think Elijah Moore is a two, but let's say he's not. Let's say it's hmm. Garrett Wilson one um, – you know, I would say both tight ends are probably above him. I do think Corey Davis is going to end up getting cut. So, I mean, Corey Davis right now would be above yeah. Elijah Moore. Um, right. Brees Hall's above him at that point. I think you could make a Carter or Bam Knight argument as well um, right. based on how many balls we actually saw thrown towards Elijah Moore this year. 
Um, but I do think Elijah Moore with a better quarterback will have increased stats. They'll see the ball a little bit more and you won't have those off target passes. And we'll just have more first downs to be able to see more reps from some of these other guys. When you have 39th ranked quarterback play out of 39 quarterbacks, that's insane. That's, that's like really bad. I think the body, I think the body means more. I think the body means more to the position than the actual name, but I I don't Mm. think that you have to, if you're putting the tight ends, and the and the running backs above your number two technical wide receiver. I think you need a body that's go out there and jump and high point a sure. ball. And that I don't think. Well, you guys I would. So I wouldn't put more that far down. I'm putting them that far down just because I'm saying we have some other weapons outside of like just those. So if you if you have to worry about number two receiver, that's that's kind of okay in my book. Um, I do think that the Jets will try to add someone else. Denzel Mims is interesting too, and and switching the offensive coordinator. I, I do want to make a note of this because last year I spoke about hidden talent in terms of defense, getting Carl Lawson back, getting Vinnie Curry back, getting LaMarcus Joyner back, like getting all these guys healthy and in the system with the offense. You can almost look at the same thing. Guys that were underperforming or not performing or were hurt, uh, in the previous system, Makai Becton, uh, maybe Elijah Moore develops a little bit more. Maybe Zach Wilson develops a little bit more. Maybe Lakin Tomlinson has himself a better season under a new offensive coordinator. Like there, there's hidden talent. Denzel Mims is the one that I'm kind of hoping for because that's six foot three, four, three speed. I'm hoping he can blow the top off of a, off of a defense. Um, and then that kind of unlocks another level of, of potential firepower that this offense could have that we just haven't been able to really concretely see. And we would probably side those picks more on the bust side than hitting on them at this particular right. point in time. Well, if, well when, when that's real last number one, like you had a solidified number one, that was my go-to guy, like not, 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 uh, not Holmes, right? I mean, it's gotta be somebody. It's probably, it's probably Marshall and Decker. Those are probably the last two we um, really had 2015. If I had to guess, Chris, I love you. Thank you so much for the call. I appreciate the support, but I'm getting to the next call. You've been ejected from You're the cockpit. Here. Uh, we got V man hopping back in. <laughs> V-Man, yeah. how you doing, brother? Yeah, fine. Ooh, wait, about hold that. on. Before, before I get you get to that, I saw another. Where did it go? I saw another member chat in there. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, Mr. Uglis says if they whiff on Carr or Rogers, and we somehow get saddled with Tannehill or Garoppolo, <laughs> garbage Garoppolo, garbage Garoppolo. Um. Wouldn't it just be better to draft a quarterback and cross our fingers? No, 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 no. They're not going to do that. They they're not going to. They're not going to do that. I understand the the logic, Chode. Um, but they're not going to. They're not going to do that. They're not. Gonna no, that. I think if you miss on Carr and you miss on Rodgers, like Carson, I think it was Carson that said it before. I think they're going to go all in on Lamar. I think if there's, if they whiff on both guys, Douglas is not going to last after this year. And I think they will go in on Lamar if all those are, are missed. I don't know if I really hope Tannehill isn't an option for us. I would much rather give up all the picks for Lamar <laughs> than run it back with Tannehill and watch everyone get canned. Yeah. I I, what about I you? Mean, I, I would love, I would love Lamar. I really would. He'd, he'd probably be um, my first choice. If I thought it was feasible, I, I just don't, you know, he's he, Baltimore mm-hmm. owns him for two years. That's mm-hmm. just, that's just reality. They have him for two years, and you can say, "Fine, he's not he's not going to play. He's going to sit, so on and so forth." Um, mm-hmm. I don't think they're just going to give him away. And and then again, you come into the the aspect. You're probably if they do trade him, they're going to look to get him out of the conference, so on and so forth. I just don't mm-hmm. think it's a feasible feasible uh, answer. 
Yeah, I think Lamar, if I had to guess, he's going to Atlanta. If there's a trade, I don't think there's any way we get him. I think out of conference with Atlanta, and Atlanta tried to give up all the picks for Deshaun Watson. The only reason they didn't get him is because they wouldn't guarantee the scumbag the fully guaranteed contract if he was convicted. The Browns did. So, I... Yeah, that's that's my thoughts on that. All right, let's get back to V-Man. How you doing, Vinny? You're going to be our last caller for tonight. Uh, I uh, Sorry about that. Added dead zone. Nothing I can do about it. Yeah, all good. That's all I was trying to say. Because, I, 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 you know, you look at the options, like the, right now the top three teams for Rodgers are the Raiders, Jets, the Titans, in no particular mm-hmm. order, honestly. But the thing is, what I see is that is, if it's really in those teams, the Jets offer the path, and really it's just the Jets and the Raiders, because let's be real, the Titans are on the mm-hmm. decline. And I, yeah, but, yeah, but it's not it, – but we can't even be real about that because, like, it's – the Raiders and Titans can both offer better packages than the Jets can. Yeah, and it's ultimately up to the Packers. It's not even on Rodgers because he doesn't have a no trade. Well, technically, he could just threaten retirement. He could threaten retirement, but like I've been saying, he made $300 million in his career. I don't see him leaving 110 in two years on the table. I think that's the leverage you have as a team getting Rodgers to come back. Yeah, but they're going to respect his opinion. They're going to Sure, yeah, they're not going to trade him to nowhere, but I think the Jets are a team he would be okay going with. And if the Jets said, hey, look, we, we have so much faith in you, Aaron. We traded for you before we knew if you were going to retire. I, I don't think that's a smart move. <laughs> I would put in conditions to make sure you're protected if he does retire. But I would say attempting to make the move and knowing you have that leverage of $110 million is not as crazy as it may right. sound either. Let me finish. All right, so like I said, the Jets offer the path of least resistance. Let's be real here. The mm-hmm. Raiders have a terrible the Raiders have a terrible defense. They have a bad coach. They're in a much tougher division. Let's be mm-hmm. real. The Chiefs are class of the conference. The Chargers are always going to be competitive under Herbert with Herbert, and mm-hmm. Sean Payne should be able to revive the Broncos. Well, you look at the AFC East. Yes, the mm-hmm. Bills have been the team that yes, the Bills have been running it since 2020. But they're mm-hmm. looking like a team that's probably, you know, like their window's starting to come close. Yeah, the Dolphins, two of them stay healthy. Yeah, I would say the Jets are the team and the East, like you're saying, to, to come to for sure. I, I, I think the Bills' window, I don't want to say it's shut because I really like Josh Allen. I think he's phenomenal. But, like, this was kind of their year. <laughs> like, they needed to do that before Allen's money hit. No, absolutely, and like I said, like I said, and then like I said, then finish it off. You got New England, who's just a mess. Let's be real. Let's mm-hmm. call it what it is. They're a mess. And like I said, the Jets have the they have the skill position. Sure, they're not as big name as the Raiders, but the potential is there. And they have mm-hmm. the top five defense, which he hasn't had since he last won the Super Bowl in t- 2010. And mm-hmm. the coaches that he's gonna want to play for. Let's be real. The Jets offer the path of least resistance, and that's something no other team can offer him. Yeah, no, you're you're spot on. The only thing that we brought up earlier, Dom C was saying, you got Devontae Adams, and you got just, no state income tax, and right. West Coast. I, I would say three yeah, things that three that, things. that we cannot change about our team. Yeah, but here's the thing. But here's the thing. What did Aaron Rodgers say on the Pat McAfee show? There's no yeah. point in coming back if you don't think you can win at all. Sure. That's I think problem. you can argue that with with Devontae Adams, he thinks he can win it all. I don't 
I don't think, yeah, I think you're right. I think we are the best option, <laughs> but I'm just playing devil's yeah. advocate here. There's also oh, 11, no, million do- 11 million other reasons per year that he might change his view on if he can win it all in Oakland. Or yeah. Las Vegas. Las Vegas. I get your point, but like I said, I think, when, I, I think, yeah, but here's the I thing. Think I think you're about to get ejected from the Vinny, I love you. Thank you so much for the call in. Um, yeah, no, I, look, I I think the Jets are the best option, hands down, for any quarterback coming to the AFC. Like, I don't know if there's another team in the AFC that I would say provides a better shot for the Jets or, or for a, a quarterback coming here. If you want to say a free agent and you can go to the NFC South, makes perfect sense. You want to say yep. go to San Francisco, makes perfect sense. If there's a situation where any of those quarterbacks can have it their way, I do think those are the directions they would go. Miami is going to be in on Tua. I don't think they're they're going to move on from him. So I think the Jets no, are no, by default like the them. best. I think they're they're locked into Tua. Yeah, at least at least what that's what they say. So let's see. I agree. Well, we have reached the end of our show. Uh, so guys, I want to thank you so much for hanging out with us in the chat. Make sure you hit that like button and Dom, I want to throw it over to you. Thank you so much for hopping on with uh, me tonight dude, and talking pleasure, some senior bowl. Honest, and, honest to God, it was, uh, it was a pleasure and an honor. Uh, and, uh, it's always good to talk jets with, with guys like you and guys in the chat that we had here and on the calls. Um, everyone always makes so much sense. And, um, whether I agree with you or not, like, you know, we, we, we all want one thing, and that's the beautiful that's the beautiful thing about this this uh, fan base is that we all just want to win, man. We all just mm-hmm. want to win. So let's rock, man. I love it. Boys and girls, you're going to see a lot of Dom C over the course of the next few months while we got our lead up to draft time. We'll have a whole bunch more conversations and everything. Guys, thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight. My name's Ryan. This is Jets Talk. Signing off. J-E-T-S. I think every single person in this locker room is a competitor at the highest level. So, yeah, when you feel as if your back's against the wall, you never have to feel like you have to do it by yourself. Under pressure, sacked by Quentin Williams. Got it. You look to your left and your right, you got guys out there with you that, that our whole point is to help each other. This one the Mims. To be able to go out and, and lead these guys, just to know how hard these guys work and how important it is to them, and then you get that chance to, to lead them. Everything that happened that needed to happen for us, it almost felt like kind of like a sign, like give like a second chance almost. Gets extra pushes, running left. Maybe a little extra life breathing in the locker. Touchdown, Jets!